three cinephiles have come together to bring you strong opinions, controversial statements, epic battles, and plenty of fun. Introducing our host, the man who watches 52 movies a week, drinks 52 beers a movie, loves women but hates the woman, from the foreign land of Canada, our host, Mood 616. He is widely known as the man who talks too much. His worst enemies are Postmaster P and Pee Wee Herman. He said Hellraiser was overrated and Leprechaun Origins wouldn't suck. He's the full-blooded half-Mexican, JP. Finally, we have the man who doesn't talk enough. He is best friends with Sean S. Cunningham. His favorite horror movie is Gummo. He is your favorite Jew and mine, Jeremy. Together, they are known for extending a helping hand to Vampircons everywhere. They are the 22 shots of moods and horror. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right here, right now. The 22 Shots of Moods and Horror, episode 31, is coming at you live right now. I am your host, Mood616, and of course, I've always got my two accomplices with me, NES Ruler 22 and Double Shot J. What is going on, boys? Well. What's going on? What's going on besides all three of our NFL football teams are awful. I don't know if the Bills are awful. Mm, no, the Bills lost a tough one today. They actually played a really good game, unlike the Bears right as we speak. And, wow, let's not even talk about Pittsburgh's game. Ugh. <laughs> that was disgraceful. I mean, one in eight Jets beating Pittsburgh. But, I, I honestly, I think the laugh of the week, though, is definitely the Bears. Oh, this yeah. Is bad. This is really – it's it actually the really Bears. bad. 42 to nothing <laughs> at the end of the half? Ugh. It's yeah. like, unbelievable. You know, yeah, but at least the Bears wasn't, like, winning their division. Like, Pittsburgh just got, like, you know, oh, shit, we're winning the division for two seconds. Two yeah, seconds yeah. we was winning the division. That's absolute garbage. I thought you said the Pittsburgh's awesome, though, JP. <laughs> we are, but we're not right now. The, oh. Like, oh, man. Like, I had high hopes. I was like, every time this happens, though, this happens. Pittsburgh does this shit to me all the time. Like, I'll be like, we're going. We're going to the chip. We're going to the bowl, you know? And then, and then, And then, and you know, and then the Jets come into town. And then it's just all downhill from there. You know, because the Jets were packing that 1-8 and eight record. They're like, well, you know what? We're going to take this shitty record they and really stomp one Pittsburgh. Eight or were they 1-7? and 1-8, uh, and eight, I believe. Yeah, 1-8. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just, wow, like, what an interesting week. I mean, Cincinnati getting blown out the frame by Cleveland, which was interesting. Yeah, that, did you guys watch any of that game? No, I was working, nah. actually. Oh, Cleveland's D was just, was uh, it was, like, on point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just unbelievable week, man. would have thought, six and three Cleveland. Yeah, I know. But right. well, Cleveland started the year 0-3, didn't they? Or 0-2? I think 0-2. Yeah, yeah but their games were close. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing though. I mean, like, like they're playing good football right now. It's crazy, mm-hmm. crazy to think, man. Cleveland. Yeah, well, it was bound to happen sooner or later. I mean, I, think yeah. so. I mean, the games that they lost in the beginning of the year, they were in those games too. You yeah. know, if you just look at their record and judge them by their record, it doesn't say anything. So, but yeah, Cleveland in the playoffs. That's going to be fun to see. <laughs> no doubt, yeah, right? right? I can't I even remember the last time I seen that. Was I don't even know if I was around. <laughs> it's like Jacksonville being in the fucking playoffs. Yeah, never gonna happen. <laughs> so, how was everyone's weeks? Exhausting. Oh man! Shot, shot the first part of my film, second short on Friday. So I was playing all that shit the entire week. So Friday I was doing that. 
all day, so that was pretty hard and tiring and crappy. I still have the second part to shoot on Tuesday, but that shouldn't be as hard as Friday shoot, and then I have to edit it and sound design and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So how does like how does the editing work when you're when you're editing like Anal Gangbang Seven? Anal Gangbang Seven? <laughs> isn't, that, well, isn't, that would... isn't that what you're shooting right now? No, 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 no. This is Anal Gangbang Volume Thirteen. Oh, thirteen. Shit. Get your man. shit I right. I didn't realize there was that many volumes of that. Then so. all holes filled with pearly white dick. I'm really surprised that, that this is actually a school project too. That's... I know. I know. Well, you know can it, you man. do that? Can you shoot a porn for your school project? <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Well, what about a horror parody? Porn. You can't have guns or knives. So yeah, like oh. like wait, you can't well, you have guns g- or knives. You don't no, need you guns, and knives guns and knives in a in a horror porn. You don't need yeah. those. You just need like spiked dildos. And shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> spiked dildos. Yeah, man, like the Texas dildo massacre. Yeah. Yeah, I should ask my professor what happens if I make a porno. No, seriously, <laughs> I, I would what, be curious. That's have I narrative. If, so I wonder if anyone's ever tried that before. What, what's a, well, what's a good? What is a good uh, spoof spoof horror porn to make right now? I mean, there, we've we've seen the you know dildo on Elm Street or whatever the hell it's called. Cockiest. Uh, yeah, like the, there has to be one that we haven't haven't yeah. heard of yet. Cockiest. That's gonna be my porno. <laughs> what is it? Uh, God, that's awesome. So good. So you only have one more day of shooting on it, though, Jeremy. Yeah, Tuesday for three hours, one more scene. That's not bad. Yeah. Not bad. So how long do you think this one's gonna be? The short. Uh, between six and eight minutes. Is this the clown what? short? Yeah. Oh, okay. So this one's the, this one's actually longer than your last one, then. Uh, yeah. The last one couldn't be longer than five minutes. That's so right. That's this, right. This one's gonna be. A little bit long. I'd, I would like to make like a 10 to 12 minute cut of it, but uh, it can't be longer than eight minutes. So okay. forced to that time constraint, unfortunately. But um, yeah. the hard actually is done on Friday. I mean, that is really the challenge though, right? Yeah, getting so, it down between yeah. five yeah, to eight I, minutes. I actually think short films are most effective when they're between three to ten minutes. No, no, I actually would say three to seven minutes to be honest. If you yeah. could get something good in that time frame, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, there's nothing worse than a short film that drags, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just well, awful. That's just a feature at that point. Yeah. Um, well, I grabbed, uh, I, I was pretty happy with the mail this week. I grabbed, uh, my, uh, Phantom of the Paradise finally came, which was, was one of the collector's editions I still needed to grab. Uh, I also grabbed uh, Nosferatu, the nice. Scream Factory one, and then I grabbed the uh, Squad and Necromantic. So I'm, I was actually re- I was debating on whether I was even going to grab Necromantic, and then I seen it for like twenty dollars. I was like, yes, this is mm-hmm. what I want. I'm definitely grabbing that. I'm like, I'm actually kind of excited to check it out because I did see it years ago, like in crappy quality. Uh, how does the Blu-ray look? Has anybody watched it yet? No. Um, it looks pretty much what you expect it to look like. You know, it's, I think the film was originally shot on eight millimeter. So, you know, eight millimeter. I think so. Really? I think it, I think it's it was hard to shoot on eight millimeter. Yeah, I think it I don't was even think you weird. can get eight millimeter anymore. It's, I think you can only get 16 and 30, 35 now. Well, this was 1987 or whatever yeah, but it was. Still, right? It was super eight. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Super 8, yeah. Um, and then they, they actually converted it over to 60 millimeter, something like that. 35. Mm-hmm. 35. But anyways, it, you know, the transfer looks pretty, pretty good, you know, for what you, you know, for how it was shot, right? So, I mean, it's not like, it's not like fucking Criterion Blu-ray quality, but, you know, it's just, it's just really nice to have a really good release of it. Did you check, um, did you look at the uh, special features on it? Yeah, I, I mean, I I looked at the back of the case and I was reading them. I mean, I didn't I didn't pop so, the film in yet. So I think they did a pretty good job with them. They they put some pretty interesting stuff on there. So it's definitely yeah, I know. Up. I was actually pretty yeah. happy with like the listing. I was like, all right, all right. I Are got we going to see the sequel? Man, I really hope that Call to Epics picks up the sequel, man, yeah. because that one's really hard to to come by too. So and is it awesome. now? But. I, I would assume that maybe they're from the same, like... Yeah, who owns the rights? Yeah, like, who owns the rights? Would the same rights owners own the sequel? The, you Wasn't yeah. they both originally put out on DVD? Yeah. Yeah, I think Barrel put them out. Both of um, them? Yeah. So chances are that the rights are still um, at the same place. So I'm pretty it, sure it that they possible. put up the second one because I know the second one's had a couple like pretty interesting editions, like big box editions and stuff. Um, very limited, but it, honestly, I have no idea who has the rights to that movie. But who knows? Hopefully, it's called Epics soon. Yeah, you know that would be awesome if they put that out too, man. It'd just be fucking amazing. Yeah, it just feels like something's left unfinished when you only have the one. The one I know, right? Blue. Yeah, when when they first when I first got announced, it was like, oh, all I kept thinking was, I hope that they pick up part two. You know, so I actually had a good mail week too. Yeah, yeah. twelve IFC midnights that I didn't have, mm. and then I got picked up a whole bunch of movies at Family Video on Friday. So I had a pretty good week. Also, got a yeah, lot I've of seen stuff. That seen that stack of IFCs, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Had like 13, 12 or 13 titles last week. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Awesome. Um, cool, cool. Yeah, I had a pretty exhausting week last week, long work days, but yeah, and I it just, I didn't get a lot of films in, you know, which me is neither. I got two. unusual. <laughs> it was very unusual for me because just getting home at one in the morning and stuff and I get a little bit in after, but just not enough. Yeah, you still watch twenty movies though. I would assume. No, no, I don't think so. I had. I mean, I, I, mean, I watched a fair amount, but ones I won't talk about because I've already reviewed them and stuff. But um, I don't know. I had a rough time getting through the first uh, the first film that I watched this week because I would always throw it on like at the end of the day when I was like really tired. And uh, I had to watch it in a few different segments, which uh, which sucks because I actually did like the movie, so I'd restart it every time. I, I do that all the time where I'll just restart it instead of picking up where I left off, and then it just takes forever to finish it. You know what? You know, Speaking of that right there, um, I did want to note something. You guys ever notice with Screen Factory releases that they don't resume on your DVD players? Really? Yeah, I did notice yeah. that. They're the only company that I notice because a lot of times, like, yeah. I will... If, like, if I go to do something, like... See, I'm watching a movie and I go upstairs, whatever. A lot of times I'll just press stop. Like, I won't actually pause it. Yeah. And uh, with Screen Factory, it starts it over again. Well, but every annoying. other film, it just fucking resumes, right? And I'm yeah. just like, ah. And anyways, I was watching Screen Factory release uh, a couple days ago and it took me like four, like pretty much four days to get through it. <laughs> <laughs> but because yeah. I, I had to keep reset, or it would reset, right? And then I had to go find the spot and stuff. I'm just like, ah. Oh. It's just, um, 
it's not annoying. A, it's I know it's really odd that they do that. It's really weird. So yeah. not to mention, good. Yeah, and another thing about the releases too. Um, when they come, to, you can't press the menu button. Like what, you know, when the movie ends yeah. and the credits start rolling, you know, you just press the menu, you go back to the menu, or whatever. Yeah. You can't do that. You have to like sc- uh, scan forward. <laughs> really, I didn't know about that one. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking odd, man. And it's only with Screen Factory releases. So weird. <laughs> Get your shit together, Screen Factory. <laughs> it's just like little nitpicking, but yeah, that's just things that I've noticed. Stuff so. like that does like kind of affect my like experience with the release, though. Because like yeah. when you're talking Screen Factory, who it's not often it's not always about the movie specifically it's about the experience of the release you have like uh-huh. the if it's a collector's edition you know the new cover art the special features and stuff like that it's not only about the movie and the transfer with scream factory at least for me um so stuff like that does actually annoy me a bit more than it would if it was just like some uh you know two dollar dvd that i found used somewhere you know uh-huh. yeah yeah mm-hmm yeah, cool. Alrighty, so JP, do we got some news this week? It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life. Death in Holland, we do have some news. Not a whole lot of news this week. They, see, what was going on was the uh, AFM. Um, was going on, which is like uh, the film market thing, where that people go to like sell their films and, and stuff like that, get uh, distribution deals and international um, distribution and stuff like that. So a lot of things were coming out of that, but it was mainly just like uh, like actual press stuff, like uh, posters and trailers and syn- uh, synopsis. and uh, just a bunch of stuff like that so I really didn't uh, take note of a lot of that stuff because let's face it usually it's just a release date and a poster we can't really show our listeners a poster so yeah yeah yeah. I I, I kind of ignored a lot of that stuff but it does seem like there's a lot of cool uh, types of films coming out of there Um, this is kind of probably the stuff that we'll start seeing next year you know um, after the you know end of the year show, these are, these will be the films that were made in 2014, but we don't get to see until 2015 type stuff. But besides yeah, yeah. that, I did uh, take note of one of them though because it's one I was kind of interested in a little bit. It's called Pyramid. Um, this one's produced by Alexander Aja, and uh, it got a release date of December 5th. I really just like the poster to this one, so I kind of always um, was looking at it when they would post news and stuff. So is that a 2014 film? Well, it's, uh, it's coming out December 5th, so I, I think it might hit uh, video on demand during that time, though. So mm-hmm. um, it follows a... Uh, uh, Cursed explorers who have dared to uncover secrets, but a team of U.S. Uh, archaeologists gets more than they bargained for when they discover a lost pyramid, unlike any other in the Egyptian desert. As they unlock the horrific secrets buried within, they realize they aren't just trapped, they are being haunted. See, that word haunted kind of threw me off a bit, but the post well, looks really cool. <laughs> no, see, a ghostly isn't just a, a haunted film. 
It's it's what <laughs> it looks like. Yeah, I saw Asylum of the Dead at video on. <laughs> that is um, a ghostly. That's I saw it on Saturday. Ghostly. I picked it up. I was like, do I really want to pay $1.50 for this? And I almost <laughs> bought it. I was so close, but I put it back because I was like, Moods and JP would be disappointed in me that I bought <laughs> this ghostly. A ghostly has to be something that is cheap looking, that is probably gimmicky and a haunting or a ghost type film. But it's the type of film that you see that shows up at Walmart and you're like, why? This looks exactly like the one that was here last week. That's a ghostly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, do we Pyramid, have ghostlies this week? I actually haven't looked, but I'm sure we do. Nice. Uh, Pyramid, that one produced by Alexandra Aja, looks pretty, pretty all right. So I'll, I'll take a look at it. After mm-hmm. that, we actually have some interesting-ish news, but it's still kind of disappointing at the same time. I guess what's going on is uh, Universal plans on creating a universe a la Marvel, how they're doing with the Avengers and like all their separate films, and then they come together for the Avengers, like an entire universe, but they want to do it with their classic monsters, which is, you know... What, that's so obvious, right? I mean, why hasn't that been done forever ago? Well, Monster um, Squad. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, like present time. Yeah, uh, yeah, they did it back in the you know old days too. Yeah. Um, so I, I I don't really understand why it's taken so long. But see, my problem is it seems like once again it seems like they're going like for that action style, like the Mummy remake. Um, because the uh, apparently the first film in this new series of classic monsters is Dracula Untold. Yeah. Um, but they haven't announced anything else though. So it's like, they actually mm -hmm. have, they announced that they will be, um, I believe the mummy one will be next and that'll be June 24th, 2016. Oh, that's a long time. We talked about that. I know that. Wow. Yeah, and in 2017, I guess they want they have another one that is untitled, you know, but it's another monster uh, film. So I mean, they're trying to, but but that's what it is, right? I mean, even when you look at the universe, or the Avengers and the Marvel stuff, it always is this huge like like five year plan. It's like, well, we do yeah, yeah. the Captain America one this year, and then the Thor one the year after, and then. Three years after that, we'll have another Avengers movie. So, uh, it's it's a great concept. Unfortunately, it, I just don't feel like uh, the Mummy, Dracula, Frankenstein, Wolfman, Invisible Man, Creature from the Black Lagoon are going to be the ones that we want them to be. They're probably just going to be like like Van Helsing look like type of stuff. Uh, oh, I, I hope. <laughs> um. I would be curious to see Dracula Untold, see what it's like, um, and then that's – I guess you'll kind of get a vibe from that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I heard it was pretty shitty. Have you? Yeah. Awesome. I've heard a lot of different opinions know, on that one. It's really, really awesome. I know Rich said it was like awesome. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that surprised me that he liked it that much. But then I heard from other people that I, I thought maybe might like it. They didn't. And yeah. it's just and vice versa, too. It's really odd. So I I actually kind of want to check it out for myself. Yeah. Uh, then that's kind of it for the actual, like, news of, of like, horror. But we do have some DVD announcements uh, or some, you know, 
acquisitions. Uh, first up, Tusk has been, I oh, guess, yeah. slated for home video, and it is arriving on Blu-ray and DVD, uh, plus digital, December 30th from Lionsgate Home Entertainment. Of course, that's mm. a Kevin Smith film. Ooh, the, yeah. <laughs> December 30th, eh? Such wow. a weird day. I think the yeah. best quote that I heard for it, and I think I shared it before, but it, it was like, Kevin Smith gets one step closer to making a horror film. <laughs> I heard that or, like too. takes another step into making an actual horror film. Did you guys see him without his beard? No, I didn't. He yeah, posted he does a look, picture. He looks so strange. He does look different. I have to admit that. He looks like Jay from, I mean, uh, he looks like Steve from blues clues. It's hilarious. He looks so, <laughs> he looks so weird. Yeah. So Tusk, I'm actually looking forward to this December 30th. That's, God. that's, that's going to might, I don't know. Will that make our end of the year show? That's cutting it close, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Are we going to be doing it like in first week of January? We have it dated, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to checking it out, though. Uh, after that, we have Animal. This is a Scream Factory picked up film. Yeah. I'm actually excited film? for this one. This is a chiller I- film. But, I get excited for these chiller films too, man. To yeah. be honest, do you like, really? Because I do too. I, like I actually really look forward to them. Like I, I know that we've really not seen like greats from them. I mm-hmm. mean, Monkey's Paw, Killing uh, Fishings is pretty fucking good. Dead Souls. Um, Beneath, I really enjoyed Beneath. Yeah, um, Beneath and Chilling was, Visions were actually best, like yeah, Chilling Visions pretty, was yeah was really good. Chilling Visions, yeah, is really good. So when is, did they announce the sequel to that? No, they haven't yet. Mm. But I'm sure they will. I hope so. When is that one supposed to come out? On, on what? Like yeah. TV? Oh, I guess it's been yeah, like. Oh, it's already been out. Okay. Yeah, it was already on Chiller a while ago. Okay. Yeah, I don't get that. So. Hmm. Yeah, but anyway, this one premiered in October. Okay, and it got huge ratings. I guess it ro- broke records, which is pretty cool, right? I mean. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's good, but it at least means that people were watching it, which at least is something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess it's a you know killer animal type movie. It's called Animal, and it looks like some some killer animal type stuff. I love those type of films, uh, and I'm looking forward to this one. It's supposed to hit DVD and Blu-ray on February 17, 2015. Did you read any reviews on it? I haven't. I try not to. I'm not really one to read reviews. Now I'm. I'm really curious. You know what these killer animal films yeah. on the Chiller Network like? Is it practical or is it CG'd or? Like, well, we have I seen mean, one killer animal film from them, and it was practical. Yeah, I mean, I guess it also depends on the director. Directing. Yeah, because yeah, that was kind of with. like the director's like main like objective and choice to make the fish practical. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm sure there will be CGI, but let's hope it's to a minimum. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, it should be fun. Uh, after that, they actually picked up uh, at AFM. They picked up Takashi Miike's next film over, what is it called? Um, over Your Dead Body, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I heard about so that one, too. That's pretty cool. They got the North American rights uh, at the uh, AFM, which is American Film Market. Um, and... I don't know when it's coming out, but uh, I think it's kind of like a ghost type film. Yeah, yeah, I didn't really. I just kind of glanced at the title, and that was about it. I didn't really look into it. So, 
Yeah. Um, but that's cool. I mean, grabbing, grabbing stuff that's new. I like when they do that. Uh, I remember when they first did it with Dead Souls, we was like, hold up. What's going yeah. on here? But I actually think they kind of like woven it into their like, um, strategy very well. Like, I, I like when it, cause it's not, um, oversaturated. They just do it sometimes. And yeah, I, but they still need other movies besides MGM and Chiller movies. Oh, definitely. Def- <laughs> most definitely. Um, and we, yeah. we talked about that many times. It, yeah. Like, I feel like I, I think with all these recent announcements, yeah, these recent announcements have kind of put it to the point where it's like you guys need to go and invest in someone else's catalog. Yeah. Yeah. Quick. And I quick. think 2015 is going to be the year to either. Uh, th- this is actually going to be the year. I think either Scream Factory is going to slow down significantly uh, with their releases um, if they can't get another deal and possibly even fade into uh, oblivion. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, like this could kind of, actually this year could actually break them if if they mm-hmm. don't get another type of deal because honestly, like exactly what you said, like they are scraping the bottom of the barrel on these MGM titles. I mean, there was some good titles they announced in there, but I mean, they they really were reaching with some of them too. <laughs> yeah, reaching is uh Yeah. Is definitely a good word because, uh, I don't know, man. I just, I'm really curious to see what gets announced next, you know, kind of thing. So, I mean. I don't even know any MGM movies left. I mean, they're, they're out there, but the problem is, is Scream Factory doesn't have the only dibs on MGM, right? Yeah. So there, there's also that. Uh, but they have to, they have to find another, another deal. In 2015, I mean, who knows? Maybe they can draw up some new contracts for 2015 and get in bed with some of these other companies, these other studios. I do like the idea of going out and getting, like, you know, Takashi Miike's new films and stuff like that. It's a good idea. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, After that, we have Vinegar Syndrome. Um, They announced some stuff. Uh, They announced that they will be releasing see i'm not sure exactly what all these ones are horror if they're all horror or what uh we have don't go in the woods will be making its blu-ray debut uh then we have uh demonoid will be hitting blu-ray mm-hmm. and uh finally we have madman which will be hitting blu-ray which i'm excited for that one that's like a slasher that i've always wanted to see yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm going to go for the uh, 88 films release that don't go in the woods, though, because it's part of their, their classic slasher collection. Yeah, this slash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool that um, Vinegar Syndrome picked up Madman, though, because... Uh, oh, that's that one's pretty cool. Yeah, Isn't well, that out of print, the DVD, too? Yeah, I mean, yeah. the Anchor Bay DVD is long out of print, and the uh, um, Code Red also, which the Code Red transfer sucks. It's really scratchy, and there's like actually what else is amazing. new? Code Red sucks in general. <clears throat> yeah, so it's it's really cool that Vinegar Syndrome is picking that up because they do really good transfers. So very cool. Good to see another one that was out of print going back into print. It's cool. Um, and besides the mule, which <laughs> the mule is like this. Uh, what what is that com- label called? The label that released Banshee Chapter. Uh, macabre yeah so um 
they're releasing a film called The Mule. They haven't released uh, anything in a while. It's kind of like a thriller, I guess, so I guess I'll kind of talk about it. But it's about a guy in 1983 who has narcotics hidden in his stomach, is detained by Australian Australian federal police. Alone and afraid, the mule makes a desperate choice to defy his bodily functions and withhold the evidence, literally. (laughs) (laughs) I see that shitted out. And by doing so, becomes a human time bomb, dragging cops, criminals, lawyers, and his mother into his impossible escapade. Holy shit, does that sound Inspired by true events. (laughs) That sounds fucking horrendous. I think it sounds <laughs> funny, dude. It sounds so generic and boring. Really? Oh. I don't know. What do you think, Moods? I think it sounds like a fun time. I actually. know, right? I do too, actually. <laughs> I think that could be lead to some It's like when Steve-O moments. swallowed his pills and he fucking got caught and got thrown in jail in Europe. <laughs> that happened to Steve-O. Uh, I find it funny that they say inspired by true events. But uh, yeah, that's exhilarate, Exhilarator <laughs> Media. Uh, and Steve-O's life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the cover looks goddamn hilarious. So. <laughs> Cabri haven't put out that much stuff. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, yeah, there's. They put out Found, right? Yeah. Found yeah. and the Human. That's, that one's still in uh, Walmart, by, by the way. I should yeah. maybe grab that. Yeah, that movie's awesome. Yeah, so that that's it for the news, guys. That's Slow it, week. Good. Sounds like all announcements. Wow. Yeah. Like well, there was a million stuff. more from AFM, but like yeah. I said, it was just like dates and stuff that I didn't really feel like talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was just lazy and didn't feel like like gathering all that shit. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. All right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I didn't really hear of much too much news this week, so I guess that kind of pretty much sums it up. Hey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I mean, let's be real. Who wants to hear about a film that none of us have ever heard of that it finally is getting a release date for December 5th or something, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Alrighty. So, yeah, getting into Mood Swings and the November 11th uh, release date or DVD slash Blu-ray releases. Um, November 11th actually got some pretty damn good ones this Two week. Two IFC Midnights, man. Yeah, there's some heavy hitters in this one. Yeah, there's some really, really good stuff, actually. Um, first up here is the collector's edition of Dolls released by Scream Factory. Oh, yeah. Um, that's awesome. Uh, I think my copy has already been delayed. So <laughs> it's what not fucking shit. I'm not going to get you get your night breed set yet or no? Uh, no, I have not got that. Is it, it shipped? Be- yeah. Yeah, it did right. ship from Amazon.com. Did you hear so about Danny? Good. Yeah, I heard about him. About what? Diabolic and Danny. What happened? Oh, Danny ordered the uh, the Nightbreed Collector's Edition, and it never shipped from Diabolic. Which, to me, I don't know how they would even have any anyway. Oh, I you think know, it, I think he got sent the two disc instead of the three disc, and that pissed him off. Oh yeah, you know what's funny? They actually just relisted it on there. They have some uh, the, uh, copies of the Collector's Edition on there, mm. which is interesting. Okay. I was just I was on there yesterday, so it's interesting. But yeah, that sucks, man. Fuck. It's brutal. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to this uh, release from Screen Factory. Um, I know I've heard some people say that they, they don't even really dig the uh, collector's uh, edition cover art. What do you guys think of it? It's See, okay. I'm not familiar with the film, so like I don't know if it represents the film where, well, 
Um, but oh, it, I mean, it, I, I like it. It's yeah, it's, it's classic it's Scream Factory. If it looks like one of their typical type of arts, but um, you know, for if it if this is what the film is like, I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty damn good actually. People should just stop bitching about the art and be grateful that they got the film released. It's like no doubt. It's like, I like the, the art though. I like, I like, like shut up about the art. I uh, but I never it. not like their art. That's the thing. Like I've never been like, man, you know what? I hate that art. Unless it's like the like a non collector's edition, like original art, mm-hmm. like Death Valley. Yeah, I personally love this art, man. I think it looks fantastic. Dolls is my favorite killer doll film too, so I'm fucking stoked as hell to see this. I have to get right. Monkey Shine still, man. I to pr- yeah. yeah, I'm excited to grab that one. Yeah, I have to get that. And then uh, we've got finally Region One's getting released a Ginger Clown. <laughs> I think that That's, was out in the UK, like sometime last year or something like that. Yeah. Like, I think it's been out there for a long time. Yeah, but look at Piggy. Piggy took like three years to get here. I know it's funny how that works sometimes, but yeah. Tim Ginger Curry, Clown, Brad obviously. Garif, Lance Henriksen. Yeah, um, I believe that Laura actually um, reviewed this on Body Bags a long time ago. I think so. Mm. I don't think she cared for it too much. If I remember correctly, is it about um, a ginger that's a clown? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. It's got a funny fucking premise. I'll tell you what, they actually did release some images to that Eli Roth produced film called Clown. Looks pretty awesome, dude. Like, it looks kind of like scary clown. The person who played my clown was fucking awesome. <laughs> You'll see that when I show you guys the cut. All right. He was, he was really fucking good. Yeah. And then uh, from Synapse Films, we've got finally they are releasing the standard editions on DVD and Blu-ray of Demons and Demons Two. Yeah, nice. Um, there is there is something to note on here. Um, these will not contain all the special features that are on the Steelbooks. The way so it should be. Just yeah. just to pre just to pre warn people. Yeah, they just won't have them on there. So, but it, it is super fucking cool that they're finally releasing them on the the standard edition. So, yeah, because how much were there. those still books? They were like sixty forty bucks. No, they were forty. All right, yeah. that's yeah, still they were a like, lot. They were like oh, yeah. thirty two at Cinema Wasteland. They were like selling like hotcakes. I know oh, you yeah. bought them, moods. No, he got I, them as a gift. I actually, my parents actually bought them for me. Oh, yeah. My birthday, so I kind of lucked out with that, but, um, but yeah, so people jump on that. Demons, demons do the, yeah, because the I will definitely the same. do that. They are, I've never beautiful. seen either film. Me neither. Oh, God, demons, demons is like in my top 10, and, um, the, the transfers look beautiful on these. It's really amazing what they did with them, so jump on those. And they're cheap, dude. They're 15 bucks a piece right now, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Man. That's a great that's really deal. Cool. It's a really great deal for a Snaps Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you always know that you're going to get good quality. Um, next up, we've got the complete series on DVD and Blu-ray of True Blood. Um, I've, only ever, I've only ever seen the first two seasons of True Blood, so I can't actually talk about the entire series. But um, from what I've seen, I did really enjoy the first two seasons. But um, <laughs> so, I, heard, I heard the later seasons kind of go downhill and stuff, and it kind of gets a little ridiculous. See, but. I heard the opposite. I, I heard the first couple seasons are kind of rough to get through, and then, like, in the middle it picks up. But the funny thing about True Blood is I would come to work in the morning, and there would be this girl who worked at the front desk who would be in the back watching True Blood, like, every morning. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't work there anymore, but I was, like, I would always be, like, weirded out because, like, she liked – zombies and vampires and stuff but only like true blood and like resident evil style zombies like it so it was like it, it made for awkward horror conversations <laughs> may i add it is now 49 to nothing continue 
Oh my good god. <laughs> um yeah, you know I, I I don't know, man. Like I really enjoyed the first two seasons. I actually watched the first season of True Blood twice. I enjoyed it so much. Um and then I watched season two and then that's actually right when I got rid of HBO. So I've never seen anything else since how I many never picked up the sets and stuff. But do you know how much that complete series set is? I I bet it's like oh, awfully God. priced. <laughs> I think I remember, yeah, it is going for Oh wow. Um the complete Blu-ray set is 169 on Amazon.com. That actually and the DVD- doesn't seem too bad. I think there's what, eight seasons or seven? Seasons? Well, with so, seven seasons, I guess that's a little a little steep. I thought there was more like ten seasons. No, it's like seven or eight yeah. or something like that. And then the DVD set's one twenty nine. Mm. So that's still relatively super high. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah I have good, the so. first three seasons on DVD, but I've never watched. I know they're still sealed. (laughs) You know what's funny? I've seen the first season of True Blood twice, and I have the first season on DVD still sealed too. (laughs) Isn't that fucking bizarre? That is. Um, Are you gonna have to watch it a third time? Fuck! I might even do that someday. Uh, Next up, we've got the Twilight Zone complete series. Did you see that damn set? That thing is amazing looking. It's fucking crazy, man. It's called the Fifth Dimension Complete Series Limited Edition box set, and I believe this comes with the entire original series, entire original series, and the '80s version of the Twilight Zone. Blu-ray or DVD? It's just on DVD. Oh, that sucks. But I think it's like forty-two discs or something. It's like ridiculous. Um, it is going for I think that's about one hundred ninety-four bucks. Yeah. Um, which Honestly, is if you didn't own any of them, it might be worth it. That's a pretty yeah, but awesome I, set. But they're on Blu-ray, though, man, besides the 80s series. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'd yeah. rather just get the Blu-rays. Yeah, because Blu-rays I heard the Blu-rays are, are expensive are awesome. as, as well. But I heard they're awesome, though. I heard the Blu-rays look fantastic. I have the uh, the image complete set of the first one. Yeah. The first series, and I love that set, man. I'll never get rid of that, man. It's fucking awesome. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know me with Blu-ray and TV. I don't really give a shit, so... Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, this is a nice set for somebody that does not have any of these, and I couldn't highly recommend. Yeah, <laughs> the, that show's awesome. Oh, Twilight Zone is one of the best shows ever made. Like, yeah. it's just so fucking creative and so good. I just and, can never spend that much money on one purchase, just because like people would look at me like I'm crazy in real life. Like yeah, nobody to, would respect me anymore. Yeah, I'm just waiting to find them sheep <laughs> in the wild. Yeah. So that's a bit, I think like, I believe like 130 is like the most I'll spend on something, maybe 140 on one purchase. That's a lot. It is. I get a lot of movies at family videos. I'm not saying it's not worth it. I'm just saying like, I would probably get shot if I did that. <laughs> nice. All right, so next up we've got a a film being released by Film Chest. I don't know who the fuck the hell's that. I don't know. Um, a Film Chest horror classic, and it's called <laughs> The Killer Shrews. Um, this movie is I that public is probably, domain. The Killer Shrews. Um, it could be. I'm not sure. I think this movie's from the late '50s, I believe. Um, I've actually never seen this movie before. Didn't they make I've a sequel? It. Yeah. The Killer shoe, Shoes Return or whatever. Yeah, or but isn't that hard return? to find moods, right? The What's that, the sequel? Yeah, I swore it's hard to find. No, I think you can find it around. But yeah, yeah. the sequel came out like 40 years later. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like ridiculous 45 years later. Um, but yeah, The Killer Shrews, uh, it's going for super cheap. Yeah. Uh, next up from Intervision. Intervision um, and Intervision is like a sub label of Severin Films. 
like Severn, you know, the company, mm-hmm. uh, they put out the Intervision stuff too. Uh, Intervision is releasing uh, a couple cannibal films, which is pretty cool. Uh, in the land of the cannibals and Mondo Cannibal, cannibal um, which is fucking awesome. We've been waiting for these things to come out forever. So uh, for all you Intervision fans out there, a couple new cannibal films. And then from Severn Films, they're actually putting out a collection called the Cannibal Massacre Collection, which uh, contains uh, Cannibal Terror, uh, Papaya, and the Goddess of the Cannibals, and Devil Hunter. I'm not sure if this is going to be like a box set or if this is going to be like a you know a standard keep case of three discs. I know it's three discs, um, but you can get these things all separately. Uh, well, it better be a damn box set print. for that price. What is this thing going for? Thirty-five. Oh yeah, so that's interesting. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping it is a box set too. Maybe I'll wait for someone to pick it up before I can see it. The only one I actually own out of this box set is uh, Cannibal Terror. Um, so I gotta say, man, my cannibal cannibals. collection section of my DVDs is really, really lacking. So yeah, I don't have that. Man. I might need. I might need to start picking up some cannibal films. I love cannibal films too. And these are really, they're kind of like so bad it's good films, you know? Mm-hmm. I know Devil Hunter is a video nasty that I've been putting off getting forever, and it's actually one of the only ones I don't own. And it's a uh, Jess Franco film, so you know it's going to be shitty. Um, is it out of print? Is that why you don't have it? No, I think it is out of print, but I, I it goes for like really cheap still. You can still find it for like 14 bucks new yeah. or whatever. It's not overly that crazy or anything, but um, yeah. So, but I know I heard a lot of people were looking for these so the cannibal massacre collection that's pretty cool and then <laughs> this title actually cracked me up um because it's i think it's our yeah i think it's our weekly ghostly oh um, nice the the house at the end of time <laughs> now i have to grab this movie just because of the title it's it's one of those house movies yeah you know house at the end of the street fucking blah 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 um house at the end of time but it looks like there's a ghost on the cover oh. does it not um, it says like the the best of the Conjuring and the others and Oculus. Oh, that definitely sounds like ghostly. <laughs> There's a weekly ghostly right there. That screams oh. ghostly. God, it doesn't. How look do these good. get movies get made? I don't know. It does not look good either. How does Dustin Mills movies get hard made hard to make, but these movies get made? I know, right? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Fuck. It's like why the hell don't you give that guy some money? He's actually creative. Yeah, I know. Like, what the fuck do we need a, a different ghost film every week for? No, like it, it's completely ridiculous. <laughs> um, next up, we've got. Oh my god, this is so awesome! The name of the studio is One Eight Hundred Prime CD. That can't be right. <laughs> That's just what it says on Amazon. But yeah, anyways, I seen that um, the other day. I looked that company up. <laughs> I don't think it's a thing. Yeah, I definitely can't be right. Uh, Exhibit X. This one is called. Um, don't really know anything. Is it like SX tape? No, it kind of looks like a slasher film. Mm. I, I want to say maybe slasher. Maybe is that a booty? That is a booty. So it, maybe it's a female slasher film. That's interesting. But who knows? Anyways, it's called Exhibit X. Uh, next up, we got a film called Forest of the Living Dead. <laughs> what? <laughs> I fucking swear that there's already a movie like, called that. This is like a, it's like a life. zombie tree. Like it's yeah, like, like a zombie with like uh, like roots sticking out of its face. Oh my yeah. god! Forest of the Living Dead. So it's like tree people. <laughs> nice. Actually, wow, it's pretty awesome. But it this is movie- completely overpriced. How much is it? <laughs> Holy on fuck, DVD, mind you, seven bucks. Holy shit! Oh, that's got to be. Who's crazy. releasing it? One eight hundred, whatever. Uh, Peace Arc Trinity. 
Who the hell's that? I don't know, but you know the other funny thing about this? It's 109 minutes. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Seriously. That's like no, that cell 403 movie I bought yesterday. It's 119 minutes. Jesus. So what the fuck? I mean, so, honestly, wow. like, how do these movies keep getting made, but how do they keep getting made that long? Yeah. Like, who long. gave them that much fucking tape? It's ridiculous. Who's giving them permission to do this? And who has yeah. time to do that? Like, who cut Jesus. a fucking 109 minute film? Called like, Force of the Living of the Dead. Dead. <laughs> Jesus, H. I feel all like right. Evil Ed all over again. Like that kind of guy cutting it. Yeah. All right. So uh, from IFC Films, we've got a movie called The Damned. And this one's actually being released on DVD and Blu-ray. Which um, isn't I, always the case with IFC. Yeah. So oh, yeah. IFC, IFC actually doesn't put out a lot of Blu-rays, do they? No. They no, really only they have really what, maybe a, hand, like a handful of them. Only they're good films. Mm-hmm. Um, this one kind of looks like a possession type possession type film. Yeah, definitely from the producers of Saw. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm right. gonna have to wait. There's another IFC Midnight coming out on Tuesday, also, but it's not a horror movie. Oh yeah, it's a it's like wrong cops. Hmm. Yeah. Um, this one right here looks really interesting. I don't know what to make of this one, but it's called Summer of Blood. Hmm. Um. I don't know. The cover just looks absolutely ridiculous. Put up by MPI. I haven't even seen that one uh, on both of my sources. That's IFC. You know that, right? Oh, this is an IFC film too? No, it's not. But MPI is IFC. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, okay, yeah. So this one's called uh, Summer of Blood. And it's just got like this middle-aged dude on the cover with messy fucking hair and a beard. And like all these quotes and stuff from <laughs> from people. I don't know. It just looks interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it's probably... You know, comedy horror deal. Yeah. yeah. J- uh, JP's favorite, you know, how it goes. Um, then next up, we got a film from, uh, okay, this, it says it again, 1 800 Prime CD. <laughs> <laughs> it's not fucking real. Come on, quit fucking around. Um, nothing left. And this one completely looks like a backwards slasher type film. The killer yeah, actually looks pretty badass on it. Uh, I hate backwards slashers, man. What? There's so many of them. Oh, I like God, them, I dude. They're fucking awesome. Dude, when I see those covers, I play with myself. <laughs> so <laughs> many of them. Upsetting. I know, but like, that's... Midnight Releases, like, loves them. I don't know. I just like it, dude. Like, I like... I mean, maybe, like... I don't hate them. I just think they're oversaturated. Maybe it's because you're a city boy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thanks All right, so next up we've got... This is, like, a... Volume three of collection, the Scared Stiff collection, uh, volume three, the DV trilogy. Well, you um, actually skipped one. That's funny volume that you brought up being released. Also, that's funny that you brought up that I'm a city boy. We actually talked about that in my woman in horror class. But I spit on your grave with the city with the girl playing the city girl in the country. <laughs> yeah. Well, the way it was listed on here was actually that way. Volume two was actually right behind it. So. Uh. And then we got Scared Stiff, Stared, Scared Stiff Collection Volume Two. Sounds like the Are these like I, shot on videos. I have no idea. Actually, I'm not really familiar with this. Um, and even the films too, like Lover Boy, The Wrath of Steph. <laughs> this is God, the band oh. made a shot on video horror film. What is Phantom? Of, of the, the woos, the of the woos and <laughs> scary tales. Oh my god, dude! So scary bad. tales is like the only one that has like any interest in, at all. I'm assuming it's an anthology. Yeah, it's, right. it's pretty damn bad. <laughs> yeah, um, pretty awesome. Oh. And then last up for the 
ones that I've got here is um, the DVD release of The Cemetery uh, put out by Masker Video. They recently released the four-disc Blu-ray yeah. of this. And they did announce right away that there will be a two-disc DVD version coming out. So um, for the people that didn't want to spend the 34 bucks or whatever on the Blu-ray, the DVD is out now. Did you get the Blu-ray moods? I did. I haven't got it in the mail yet, but it is yeah. in the poster right now. So, um, But I've heard really, really good things about this movie. Uh, I know Dave reviewed it, and he fucking loved it. So really cool stuff. But yeah, can't wait to see it. Got to listen to Dave. That guy knows his shit. Yeah. And whoa, one of the last OG YouTubers left. Yeah, there you go. And the only other one that I know of that's coming out this Tuesday is the complete uh, Gamera um, Blu-ray set. I think it's like all eleven. Is this Mill Creek? So from like the Uh, Echo Bridge. No, no, it is. It is Mill Creek. My bad. You're right. Yeah. So they're putting out like um, I actually have them in two or three different sets. This is just one. So well, fuck I'm assuming me, it's probably Aaron Rogers. Yeah, but Holy. I think what it is. Oh, is... it's actually it's those box sets boxed into one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's stupid. But no, they, because it's it was... not bad if you don't own them. Yeah, it's actually four separate cases. Oh, all right. So then. you're like getting each of the actual sets that was released. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's pretty cool. No, I think it's only. Oh, is it actually four? Oh, yeah, it does show four. I don't know what the other one is. It's interesting because I have all the films on three discs. I know you sent me that one set moods. Yeah, I think that was the '90s trilogy. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, interesting. But the price is pretty good though. It's twenty three bucks for the whole thing. So if you don't have any of them, it's a pretty damn good deal for eleven, 11 films. films. Jesus, I heard they look really bad though. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's fucking Mill Creek, dude. So, <laughs> I mean, it's the price. Whatever. Effort. So, uh, um, yeah, and that is going to do it for the releases that I have this week, Jeep. Do you have any others? Um, well, there's two that I didn't hear you say, but I'm not sure if they're horror. One of them is called SOB. It is listed here, but so is fucking Batman for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, I did. I did say SOB. That's the uh, sum, Summer of Blood one. Oh shit, my bad. That's the, that's the, what the middle aged dude with the messy hair and the beard on the cover. Yeah. Okay, okay, I got you. <laughs> and then the other one is El Echo del Mido or whatever. It means the Echo of Fear in Spanish, I guess. Uh, that one's coming out from some word I can't pronounce. Home Entertainment, <laughs> and that one's eight ninety nine on Amazon. Uh, but it looks like a ghostly. So only two ghostlies. That <laughs> look like a ghostly. That is it for my releases, guys. No Walmart ghostlies, though. Okay, so we are going to move along to the phone messages that we've got. Actually, I should just say phone message. I shouldn't pluralize that. Yes. So, JP? It's only one message, and it's an interesting one, I guess, from Emperor Corndog. Well, I hope this is the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. This is Emperor Corndog speaking. Um... Yeah, I brought my comments for the last week's episode in hopes that they will be aired. Uh, JP, you are being a bit prudish on the last episode. I hope you just chill the hell out and go watch the uh, Universal Horror Monsters classics. And uh, Jeremy, stop bitching about uh, making short films and how it's taken so much of a toll on you. I've been doing that crap for ten years, and let me just say, just have fun with it. Stop being so uh, hung tight on it. And for moods, 
I did ask you uh, a while back about a uh, Pete Walker film that you would recommend for somebody that's never seen it before. Uh, you never answered me, so I'm answering, uh, asking it again. And for the three of you, I decided that I would ask, what are three non-horror films that you would argue that you would argue are actually horror films? So for me, that would be like Requiem for a Dream because that movie is scary as shit. So anyway, uh, that is it for Corn Dog speaking. Hope you guys answer. Take it easy. Later. Okay, so that was uh, Emperor Corndog with some bit of harshness, I guess. Uh, first, he says that uh, <laughs> he said I was acting a bit prudish. I think he says prudish. Now, I think what he's getting at is because I focused so heavily last week on my Mutantis review on the uh, offensive nature of the male rape. Um,. I guess it could be looked at like that. I, I mean, I did focus on it a lot, but that's because I really couldn't remember a lot about the film. Uh, but really, I'm not offended easily, and stuff like that doesn't bother me. I don't really think that I'm prudish. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know about that one. But he also said I need to chill the hell out and watch some Universal Monster films. Okay, I will do that eventually, I guess. Um, but he also left a comment on the video saying that he thought I was acting ridiculous on last week's episode. He said, just have fun with movies and appreciate them for what they are. Well, first of all, I was probably acting a bit ridiculous, but the film was absolutely ridiculous. So I guess that's a appropriate reaction. Also, film is there for us to interpret and give opinions on right so <laughs> i mean look they asked us to review that film i gave my honest opinions on them that film i i'm not gonna just appreciate a film that i don't like i always appreciate good aspects of films and i give credit where credit's due but i don't see the point in just loving everything just for the sake of loving everything it, it, i don't I, I don't work that way yeah, I get serious about films and I, I do take them serious, but that's because I'm passionate about it. And I don't know if you kind of like missed the memo here, but that's kind of what we do with with this podcast. That's kind of the point. Just like I'm not offended at the comments that you're making towards me because I'm doing the same thing. I'm putting my show out there or show out there to be judged by other people which is exactly what I'm doing with the films uh, there. Once you make a film and put it out there for people to see, you're giving them the okay to judge your film. That's the whole point. And especially if you ask somebody to review it for you, for you. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I'm not really like, I thought the comments were a bit, bit weird. I don't know how serious you're being, but I just, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I can see certain points of what you're saying, but uh, I'm going to stand by the way that I, I review films and the way that I talk about them. And if it's a little bit ridiculous, I'm a little bit ridiculous, I guess. Yeah, GP, you're ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> like the back of your head. And it's fucking hot in here, just saying. <laughs> like, Jeremy? Oh, so it's my turn to address my comment? Yeah. 
Okay, first off, I want to say I posted one comment on the Facebook page that I was tired because I had a stressful week making this film. Now, I'm not a filmmaker. I never said I was a filmmaker, nor am I say that I'm a filmmaker. I'm a film analysis writer, and I want to be a teacher or hopefully be a writer somewhere at a publication. So now that we got that out of the way, like I said, I'm not a filmmaker. So of course I'm going to bitch that I'm making a film because I don't want to do it, but I'm forced to do it because at school everybody has to make two films in the film department no matter what you're majoring in. So of course I'm going to be bitching, and how am I supposed to have fun out of it when I'm getting graded on it and everything to the lights, to the sound, and everything else is getting looked at. Exactly. This is totally different than going in your backyard with a shitty fucking handheld camera and making a shitty movie with your friends. This is actually a production where you have to find a producer, an editor, an actor, sound, everything. This is not just some shitty film, which is totally different than having fun with, like I said, on the weekend. This is, you know, actually legit, and people look at it, and it could get sent to festivals and things like that. Not saying that you're weekend friend film can't get sent to festivals and stuff like that but this is actually like legit and you actually have consequences if you do a shitty job like i saw a ton of shitty films last semester and um you don't want to do that you know you sit there in class and you see your film being projected onto the screen and you're all your classmates are watching it so of course you want to do the best job that you possibly can and i don't want to make a shitty movie even though i'm not a filmmaker that's just not who i am so like I said, I posted one one thing on the Facebook page about me bitching about me being tired and having a stressful week. How does that make me not having fun with what I'm doing? I didn't say that I wasn't having fun or I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. I don't enjoy it, to be completely honest, but you don't hear me bitching about me. I didn't say it like eight times, like, oh, no, <laughs> uh, what am I going to do? I have to make this film. I'm having the worst time of my life. No, I didn't say that. I said one fucking post, and that's the – first time you ever heard me talk about me making films i may have said something about my film being uh accepted in the film festival in my school a few months ago but that's the last time you've ever heard me say anything about filmmaking me making films besides that i've talked about my papers and stuff like that of course because that's what i like to do but you haven't heard me say anything about me making films so do you sir fuck you <laughs> okay well i think i think the thing here is that like one of the important things that you noted was the fact that you don't you're not a filmmaker you're doing it for school you're not choosing to go out and make films out of out of wanting to be a director so it's it's not something you're doing for fun it's something yeah, like you're even, doing for school yeah it like is, even it on is completely set. different i was on yeah. set on friday and i had no fucking idea what the hell they were talking about with I knew I know how to slate and things like that. I know how to set up lights, three-point lighting, and all that fun stuff because they teach you that. But, you know, I was just a mess the first half an hour of the shoot because I had no idea what the fuck I was doing because I've never directed before. I'm not a director. So, but as time went on, you know, I, I, I started to pick things up a little bit, and I caught on with some things. But like I said, I'm not a fucking director, so it's like don't tell me to have fun with something that I don't like doing in the first place. I know it's film school, and you're supposed to be doing that, but it's like – I'm not a director. That's not my interest. So uh, of course I'm not gonna. Of course I'm gonna complain a little bit that I'm not having fun. I mean, if you were sent to school to do fucking economics, I bet you you would be bitching too that you were all up all night studying for a test and shit like that. It's like that's just I don't enjoy it. So of course I'm gonna be bitching well, about it. Also, just because Jeremy loves film and he loves it enough to do a podcast 
doesn't mean that he wants to be a director, right? I mean, not no. all of us want to do that. And the pressures of doing that, especially for somebody who who like me or you who don't like a ton of pressure to begin with, it, it, it you know, it might That's come why off I'm a, a, writer. Little, a little bit bitchy, but <laughs> That's why I'm a writer because I'm in control of my situations. I don't like to work with other people. I mean, I like to work with you guys, but I don't like to be. I don't like my future to be dependent on having to trust other people to show up and be there on set and things like that. That now is you're true. Thinking then, why did I go to it films? With friends all yeah. all the time, right? You're doing right. it with classmates who could, you know, totally fuck up your production because exactly. they don't care about their their grade or their work or yeah, even being there. I had, I had a good crew who was able to help me out and things like that but like you said you're probably thinking why did i go to film school then well i didn't go to film school to be a director i went to film school to you know analytically write about film and you're probably thinking why didn't you go to journalism school then well i'm minoring in journalism asshole so (laughs) why don't you just shut up and you know also just really quickly I, i forgot to mention that you know i think most of this came from where i was really harsh on the film for being that so bad it's bad type shit you know the purposely bad and now i'm thinking the emperor corndog is taking this very personal and i don't think he should do that because maybe he makes those type of films or maybe he enjoys them and he feels like i'm personally attacking him when really i just hate those films and you know moods likes them but moods um i assume respects my opinion even though he doesn't agree with it um, and I don't think you need to take it personal. It's it's not personal. It's no, just... it's not personal. It just got me really heated that you said that without knowing any fucking background <laughs> about what I was saying. Like I said, it could be one thing if I would put, said that thing like eight times, but I said it one time. Don't fucking say anything unless you know what the hell I'm talking about. And I don't get angry very often. You know, I'm a very I'm a very you know mellow person. I don't get mad. But that just pissed me off that you're telling me to have fun with it and stop bitching when I don't like to do it in the first place. Yeah, I was actually And it's pressure. About. And you have a lot of pressure. Well, that's also. the thing. It is it there's a lot at stake, right? Like your, you know, your grades and yeah, you know, yeah. you're working with people that you Kinda necessarily your life, you're not going right? to work your with. Future. Yeah. Your future. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. exactly. This is your future and and you're putting a lot in, you know, in other people's hands too with your classmates and whatnot and yep. stuff. You know, that's a little frustrating. I think it'd be yeah. frustrating. It's kind of hard to have that honest fun while doing a project like this, but I mean, I understand where Corndog's coming from this, but at the same time, you have to look at it from Jeremy's perspective when you're in school and there's a lot at stake. You know, it's just a different type of fun that you can possibly have with it. I think it's possible that maybe what he was trying to say is don't get so stressed out and try to enjoy it. But the Mm -hmm. way he said it, it didn't come off like that. So maybe maybe he was just trying to say, like, like, just chill out a little bit and and try to enjoy the, the process. Um, but it definitely didn't come off that way. No. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Um, so apparently I missed a comment a while ago about, um, Pete Walker and I'm assuming the question was, uh, what film would you recommend that you haven't seen? Um, I'm not entirely sure which Pete Walker films you have seen and haven't seen. Um, I'm assuming that you've seen Frightmare and stuff, but if I had to recommend one, it would probably be Schizo, but, or, um, the comeback, but I think you've seen those or house, house of whipcord. Um, I don't know if this answers your question or not, because I honestly do not have a clue what you've seen. So it's kind of hard. Um, if this was a written comment on one of the videos, 
sorry I didn't answer it. I might have been it might have been in junk. I don't know. You know, some kind of comments just like are not there. Definitely happens. You know, I just time. it might have been an, it might have just been an oversight on my part. So I mean, honestly, I don't purposely try to avoid questions at all, and You're especially really one that's simple too. Not doing that. I'm the bad yeah. one. Yeah, so like I mean, I mean it must have just been an oversight, but I mean if that does answer your question, the, the films I do recommend, Home Before Midnight's a really weird P. Walk P. Walker film. It's really different. It's kind of not horror, but it's is. It's really odd. Um, like I said, you know, House of Mortal Sin's really cool. It's also known as the Confessional. I do recommend that one. It's got a really <laughs> fucking twisted fucking end to the film. It's pretty wild. Um, so those films I would definitely recommend. But yeah. So how do you guys feel? That, that like, is it possible that Emperor Corndog is just like joking with us, like fucking around, or is he serious? Does he not like our show? <laughs> What's going on here? I don't know. I don't like the show to be a negative thing. I'm not a negative person, and I don't want to listen to negative bullshit. That's one good thing that I could say so far for me on YouTube is I don't have many negative people commenting on my videos. But, you know, people like Scotty and Danny and things like that who have negative comments and assholes who comment on their videos, I would probably leave too because I don't do it to have negative people be assholes and say shitty things to me. That's not just who I am and that's I don't want to listen to it. So to have, you know, everybody's usually really, really chill in the podcast page and things like that and we really don't have that many assholes. So I don't know if this just came out wrong or something like that, but um, I'm pretty sure that he's a fan of the show. I mean, if he oh, wasn't, I'm not saying he's not a fan of the show, but it's like well, I'm wondering. I mean, honestly, I don't think what he said to me was like I don't have a problem with it at all. I, I mean, I don't agree with with it, but I'm not offended by any means or anything. I just I thought it was a bit standoffish ish. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, you know, the I could tone, be taking the, it wrong, though, the, right? The tone is there, but at the same time, I don't think he meant. Maybe it just honestly came out wrong. You know, like you know when you say things sometimes, and it just you, you kind of listen back to you yeah. like, "Fuck, that totally did come out wrong." Um, I mean, the thing is, he's commented tons of times. He's been very active and and supportive of the show and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe it was just you know. Hey, sorry if I offended you by saying "fuck you," and but. I like his videos too. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just oh, curious. Got- Maybe give us some more feedback, Emperor Corndog. Let us know what you were trying to get at. Maybe elaborate on a few things. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, thank you for the voicemail either way. Uh, you're one of yeah, the first. I mean, these, are, these are, these are always welcome. I mean, good or, good or bad. You know, yeah, mean, we'll play them all. You can, you know, call, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter to me. You I can mean, call moods the biggest douchebag in the world and trust me, I'll play it maybe three times. Well, I don't. I don't think my mom's gonna phone in <laughs> soon. So that's usually coming from my mom. <laughs> but you know how it goes. You and it I goes. can take it. I can take the heat all day. If if I I know I have unpopular opinions sometimes, and you know I'll stand by them if I. And you know sometimes I might reverse them if I feel like I was wrong. But uh, you know I don't mind being criticized at all because we we put this show out there for people to listen to. And let's face it. Some people are going to disagree with us. Some people are not going to like our opinions. And I want to hear from those people and the people that like our opinions and agree. Mm-hmm. It's no fun if it's just all happy all the time, all like, yeah, you guys are awesome. Nah, I know that sometimes we're not awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, True. very, very few times, but it happened, I'm sure. All right, so we got a bunch of questions this week, though, don't we? Yeah, we do, actually. Yeah. So which one do we want to start with here first? Uh, well, we can start with the one that Emperor Corndog left off with at the end of that uh, voicemail, right? Okay, perfect. Uh, three horror f- or non-horror films that you would argue are horror films. He lists Requiem for a Dream. So, Jeremy, you want to go first? That's a pretty good one. Uh, Willy Wonka, of course. Um, that film just has some fucked up things going on. Had to include that one. That's just an obvious. Uh, Boy and His Dog, often looked at as a post-apocalyptic sci-fi film, but it has some pretty fucked up things going on and a really creepy ending, which I hope one day that we could do on the podcast. And number one, of course, The Phantom's Carriage, which is never looked at too much as a horror film, but it should because there's some awesome horror elements to the film. Hmm. Why is Gummo not on this list? Because Gummo just doesn't feel like a horror film to me. <laughs> it says the guy who brought it up on a horror podcast is one of his main reviews. <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, man. oh, is that why you make fun of me in the intro? Yes! Oh. Did you not get that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I guess awesome. I do now, 31 episodes later. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, that's, way. That's, that's awesome. That's um, pretty good. I think it's funny that he put a boy and a dog a boy and his dog on there because he's been trying to get us to cover that film since like episode five. <laughs> yep. He won't do it. That's a fucking asshole. Hey, I own the film. Moods won't do it. I never said I wouldn't do it. Well, well you never said you do would the, do it either. Do the devil's backbone, but we can't do the fucking boy and his dog. Uh, nah. Anyway, I'll go next. Uh, my three are... I don't know. I, this one was hard for me because the, there was really only two that I could think of that I actually would argue are horror films and that is like silence of the lambs ish type stuff but some people accept that that's a horror film uh so i kind of went with some different ones here the butterfly effect i think that i could argue that that is you know close to horror more sci-fi but um that's that's crazy i find I the butter- seen that movie in forever what yeah. you you think that that's not even close to horror i haven't seen it in a long time no so. it's the fact that that was the first thing i wrote down oh okay <laughs> yeah that's so fucking so crazy i find the butterfly effect to be kind of scary right because yeah. it's you keep fucking up everything when that you try to make better and then you realize that like you kind of uh the only way to make other people happy is for you to be miserable that's a terrible thought um Next, actually, Requiem for a Dream, dude. That movie is scary. I I agree on that one. Um, And, uh, you know, maybe throw in something like The Road Warrior or something like that. could kind of be there, but not really. Uh, Terminator is number one. I actually did argue that this was a horror film on last season. Uh, It was my pick of the week, I believe. Terminator is dark. And rewatch that film as if you're watching a horror film and you might be convinced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, to be honest, I've heard lots of people actually argue the fact that the Terminator is basically a slasher film, you know, ever, <laughs> ever since, ever since that, uh, that episode JP, I've heard other people say that. I agree. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, when you really look at it, it does kind of play out like that. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so of course I had the butterfly effect too. That's fucking so bizarre that you actually mentioned that. Um, I actually really like that movie. That's I a think. solid, solid film, dude. It is, man. I saw it in the uh, in in the cinema when it came out, and I was just fucking walked out of there. Went, holy shit, man! That movie was really cool. I have to see that movie again. It's it's still actually pretty good. I watched it. It holds about, up. Yeah, I think I watched it last year again, and I still really enjoyed it. So, and I always just like time travel in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a cool concept. It's a really cool concept. Um, then I had, uh, I mean, I mean, some people argue that this is a horror film. I don't know if it technically really is a horror film. Um, I find it to be like very disturbing just because of the setting of it, and that's the girl next door. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, that's definitely a horror film. To yeah, that's me, definitely personally. a horror yeah, film. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's the it's the whole content of it. I mean, it's not per se like your average fucking horror film, but. The, the content and what's going on in that is definitely horrific. Um, but, uh, and actually I was thinking of like another one by Jack Ketchum, um, the movie Lost. Oh, that movie's the Lost. Fantastic. Yeah, that was a pick a week, pick of the week of mine also. Yeah, that movie's so yeah. good. And it's a, it's a very interesting, uh, very interesting story to that it's, one. So. It's a, it's a slow burner, but it's totally worth it. Yeah, the yeah, ending yeah. is a great payoff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally. So. Totally. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Yeah, the butterfly effect. Dude, that's trippy. I mean, other other candidates that you know you mentioned, like antiviral, mm-hmm. and I think that's a perfect one right there too. It's not technically a horror film, but but it was our first category. featured review that we covered, which is funny. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, there was actually, another one that we covered that was kind of iffy on the horror side, right? The Banshee chapter, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah, you know, actually, one of the very first ones I thought of was Crash by David Cronenberg. Oh yeah, because just the idea. And now you're saying all these movies. I think mine are shitty. Yeah, actually, like, um, you're actually bringing a bunch to my mind because it's like the survival horror ones, like Frozen. Like, I would argue that Frozen is a horror film. Well, what about Spiral? Spiral thriller more, but I, I mean, I think it's more of a thriller. The Battery. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the battery. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know the battery doesn't even seem like a horror film, really, when you watch it, but... The sacrament <laughs> is kind of their bit. The woman? Yeah. The woman? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, Oboe there's a with fucking... a shotgun? Oh, with mm. a shotgun is definitely a good example. Yeah. It's 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 exploitation, grindhouse exploitation mm-hmm. type deal, so... Yeah, yeah. but I think, it, I think the more, like, the main point of the question was, like, what what is kind of... Uh, you know the 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 type of film that is just dark and scary, but is generally considered like a drama or something. And I think Rick William for a Dream like really fits that mold. That was actually mm-hmm. a really good pick. Yeah, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, totally, totally. All right. So um, next up for the questions, who actually asked the five your five favorite, ugh, your favorite Scream Queen, and then five films. I believe it's Paul started. Henderson. Paul Henderson? Okay, yes. so I'll go. Um, favorite Scream Queen. Um, I've mentioned this many, many yeah. times in the past. It's Tiffany Shepis, without a doubt. I absolutely love her. Um, five film, and th- this was actually kind of a hard list to make because she's been in a fucking million movies, even if she's just appearing in a film for like a quick cameo or like starring in a film. I tried to pick films that she was actually in, you know, the whole film, like a star of it. So at number five, Dropping Evil. Uh, this is a really, really fucking weird film released by Wild Eye Releasings. Uh, next up, number four is The Violent Kind, another very odd film. 
I think uh, I might have seen that one. The Violent Guns, it just, it, it, it starts out as one thing and it kind of turns into another. The ending's really bizarre. Uh, number three is Nightmare Man, which I've talked about many times. Uh, number two, I talked about recently on the cast, which is Wrath of the Crows. Uh, fantastic film. And number one has to be strictly because of her performance. And this movie actually was quite surprisingly good for the stupid title that it has. Um, Bonnie and Clyde vs. Dracula. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly, like, it's generally a movie that most people would look at and just kind of laugh at the title. Like, what the fuck? Are you serious? But it's actually pretty fucking good. And her performance is so good. It's the best performance that she's ever had in a film. Like, it's legitimately really, really good acting. So... Yeah, I gotta say that. Jeremy, you can go next. I don't really have one, to be completely honest. But I guess Danielle Harris, I would have to say anybody, be generic and boring. But that's probably true. Well, I actually saved you uh, <laughs> the uh, from being overly generic and boring because I'm going to like just copy yours, which is makes me even more generic and boring. Uh, Daniel Harris, but I, I mean, I don't really have like a favorite scream queen. I just go to Daniel Harris because she's the one I noticed the most, I guess. Uh, she's, you know, Halloween, Halloween two, uh, Halloween four, Halloween five, uh, Hatchet. Those, those are my Hatchet favorite films that she's in. Hatchet two, mm-hmm. yeah. Hatchet two and three. She's another one that's been in so many fucking movies. Mm-hmm. Like even if she's just appearing in as a quick cameo or starring, fuck, she does a lot of movies, man. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, you know. Also, I would uh, Linnea Quigley. I actually really do like for some reason. Well, not for some reason. We all know why we like Linnea Quigley. But um, mm-hmm. I've been noticing like that. I really do get excited when I see she's in something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's in a lot of really good movies though. Like Return of Living Dead, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Night of Demons. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, those are, like, three, like, classic, classic films right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? definitely. So. All right. So what, who asked the top five home invasion question? Uh, top five home invasion. I actually – I want to say it's that – might be that Joey guy. I forget his last name all the time. Joey – Carrington? I think that might be him. Okay. Uh, Top five home invasion films. This is actually really hard. Um, I really didn't put like an extreme uh, effort in or, you know, that much thought into it because there's so many that I do really care for. But Mm -hmm. um, this is what I came up with right off the top of my head. So number five was uh, The Collector. Um, Ah, That's a good one, actually. I forgot about that one. That movie is actually one of the better ones. It's pretty... Pretty inventive. It's a pretty interesting film. Um, number four, this might be a little bit of a surprise, but I was thoroughly and I, I can't even explain how surprised I was at this film when I first watched it, but the Mother's Day remake. Yeah, I have that too. Um, a really, really good film. Just awesome. Just blew me away. Uh, number three is Fight for Your Life, which Never I did review. Uh, I did a review for it on Body Bags. Um, it's a really fucking racist film, but really good stuff. <laughs> what? It's really, really racist? Good. Dude, you have no idea. Oh my God. <laughs> these, you don't hear that these... often. It's, you hear me really say that all the time about it's, all in your, really all in your family? Come on. Oh, God. It, it's, it's fucking bad. I like, say about that how all, racist the family, it is. all the time, man. I um, think it's hilarious. <laughs> number two is uh, the movie Them. Um, it's just fucking awesome. Love that movie. 
and number one inside. Oh, very similar list, my friend. Well, then you should go next. Okay. Uh, number five, I have Mother's Day. Awesome film. We talked about that on JP Short Lived, whatever the fuck that was called. Um, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Uh, number four, we have In Their Skin, which is an awesome home invasion film released by IFC Midnight. That's really, really, really good. I highly recommend it. It is a good film, actually. Yeah. Number three, uh, Them, of course. Uh, like Mood said, it's fucking awesome. Uh, number two, Strangers, which we also talked about on JP's unknown fucking show. And number one, of course, we have Inside. Nice, Mm -hmm. nice, nice, nice. Uh, okay, so mine is number five, The Strangers. Uh, this actually fell from my list. I would have considered this probably to be the best home invasion film of maybe last year. I believe I even was quoted saying that at one time here on the show. Uh, but it definitely fell since the last time I revisited it on my short-lived whatever the fuck it was called. Um, number four is Your Next. Uh, honestly, I I really like this film. It's It's a lot of fun. Uh, number three, House on the Edge of the Park. This is a recent watch. Uh, I thought the ending really did hurt the film, but it's still a very strong uh, home invasion. We had a pretty good argument about that. Yeah, and I stand by it. The ending, that would be one of the best films in the home invasion genre. Well, obviously it still is, but I mean, it, it might have been like number one if uh, the ending didn't like completely ruin the film almost. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, next up... <clears throat> Number two, high tension. Uh, I think it's kind of home invasion, right? Yeah, it's always on home invasion lists. I guess it kind of is for the, a little bit, but yeah, yeah, that's it, it. And number one, Mother's Day, mm. 2010. Absolutely, in my opinion, the best home invasion film. I don't know what it is about this film. I've seen it probably like five times now, and I absolutely love Mother's Day. It's it's so well done for, for for like a remake. He wasn't expecting much. Very well acted. Great cast. Uh, very despicable villains. Um, not very predictable at all. Very good shit right there. Mother's Day. Yeah, you need to check out Inside and yeah, Inside is. Well, I think we should do a show on those films, and then I'm I, writing a paper on those. I would have up. a good reason to check them out. I talked about that today, actually, to you guys. Along with them, and you got to check out Fire for Your Life, man. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, crazy shit. Who released that film? I mean, what country? Is it an American film? Fire for Your Life? It's yeah. American, yeah. It's released yeah. by Blue Underground. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, that's it for that question. Yeah. All right. So what else do we got here? We have – I know Zach asked uh, your top five film sluts. <laughs> yeah. Did. Ah, good old Zach. You gotta love that. That's a great fucking question. <laughs> Had me fucking giggling. Um, so I can't remember if this is her name from the film. I know Jeremy will remember. Uh, but um, I think it's Sarah from Gutterballs. Yeah, yeah. The girl that gets fucking raped with the bowling pin. <laughs> but she's just such a slut in the film. Though. God, I love wearing, that film. She's not wearing underwear and she's like bending over and seeing fucking puss. <laughs> I love that shit, man. That's so dirty. So dirty. Um, Number four. This is another one I just did right off the top of my head. So Uh, number four, I had, (laughs) I have it written down as the big boobs chick from Friday five. Debbie Sue Voorhees, dude. 
Debbie, Debbie Sue Voorhees. I knew her last name was Voorhees. I couldn't for the life of me remember her first name. Um, but yeah, that chick's fucking, she's sexy, man. Uh, number three is, uh, Suzanne Leanna Quigley's, uh, character from Night of the Demons. Nice, Just nice. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, number two, I put, um, anything that Tiffany Shepes is in. Cause she's always getting naked and being <laughs> slutty like all the fucking time. It's so awesome. And number one, just because I just recently watched this movie and my good God, is she ever sexy in this fucking movie? And she is very slutty in the film too. And I love the fact that she walks around quite a bit in the film with a bra on and like no bottoms. It's fantastic. Um, it's the chick from the, the newly re- release film nurse um her name is paz de la she Herta. was hot wasn't she oh my god dude what de is la her or something de, de she's la naked like the whole time and her bush just is like hanging out everywhere it's so interesting that there's scenes where she's wearing a bra but no bottoms yeah <laughs> like what she's got like a full bush too so it's like jesus this is crazy man but yeah she's fucking sexy but really yeah. slutty in the film so yeah. oh yeah <laughs> that's a good one it's pretty awesome, actually. And you didn't have the chick from Leprechaun 4. Come on. Leprechaun 4. Oh, yeah. No way. Rebecca <laughs> Carlton. Come on. Um, <laughs> so I guess mine, I didn't really make a list because it was really hard without reference material. And let's Me be too. honest, slutty, not slutty. How do you really know? I don't really feel like judging women like that. So I'm just going to go with uh, Linnea Quigley in um, Night of Demons. Linnea Quigley in Return of Living Dead, um, Debbie Sue Voorhees in Friday Thirteenth Part Five, and then pick any two other hot slutty girls from Friday the Thirteenth films as my final two. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> nice, Jeremy. I'm on the same boat, JP. To be completely honest. Um, that girl from Nurse is a really good idea. I didn't oh. think about that until you said it. Also, Linnea Quigley from Pumpkinhead too. Interesting. I had <laughs> I had Quigley too on here. Of course, you had to have that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really like pay attention. I mean, a sort of, but like, I need I need like material to look at to like think like, oh, they're. I guess the chicks from Slumber Party Massacre are pretty hoary. Next question, I guess, we'll go to. Uh, we have a guy who asks, have any of us seen The Purge Anarchy? And my answer for that is no. Nope. No. Wow, moods. Do you know Brie Olsen's going to be in the new Human Centipede? Yeah, I nice. didn't know that, actually. <laughs> I just read that. I was like, what the it, fuck? It's kind of ironic, though, that she's very into ass-to-mouth in her pornos. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's pretty funny. Uh we got a question. Three of our most wanted Scream Factory releases. That obviously these are films that have not been picked up by Scream Factory. What would we like to see released by Scream Factory? Moods started off. Oh, I didn't actually even write anything down. But um, of course, I would love, love, love to see Clown House released. Um, <laughs> I think I've said this multiple times, but I would love to see a Blu-ray release of that film. That would just be uh, too good, really. I think you guys probably have that one up there too, don't you? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just one of those fucking films that we just we need. And it's MGM, so it seems impossible, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, 
I didn't actually even make a fucking list for this. Oh, you bitch at me, <laughs> JP. <laughs> fucking dick. Uh, so, uh, want me to go then? Yeah, just let me think about it for a minute. All right, so number three, uh, any damn Christmas horror film that exists. Come on, Scream Factory. You're pissing me off, but I would prefer Elves just because it's so weird. It's weird and it's like lost and it's obscure and nobody knows about it and I want to see it on Blu-ray. Number two, Clown House for the same reasons that everybody in the world wants Clown House. Number one, Mosquito because Mosquito is a film that is very underseen. I love the film. It's a lot of fun, and I think it would be a really big seller if Scream Factory released it. That's a good choice right there. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And next? Yeah. Yep. All right, number three, just Brian De Palma's Sisters. I know this Arrow has a release of it, but I'd love to see Scream Factory give it a special edition treatment. I think they could do some awesome cover art with that film because it's truly a fantastic film. I know Moods agrees with me on that one. Uh, number two, Ghost Town. Uh, this is a full Ooh, moon nice film. Nice choice, nice choice. I think this is a full moon film, if I'm pretty sure, so that probably means it's never going to get released. Probably like but... Empire or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it only has a Laserdisc and VHS release, so that would be pretty baller if that came out. And number one, Clown House. Yeah, Clown House seems, seems to be like the, uh, the one that we stroke the most over. <clears throat> House 4. House four. <laughs> no, Special I, edition treat. I mean, I honestly have a lot of Screen Factory like titles that I would love. Oh, I have a wish list that's longer than fucking my Yeah, pukes. and he can't think of two. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I was just trying to really bring out the good ones. Yeah, but yeah. honestly, the one film that I would really like to see that get an awesome release is The Pit. Oh, that's, um, that's a good one. That, you I, know, I've been wanting to see that. We talked about that early on in the show. Yeah. yeah, the pit would be such a good one. Um, another one that I would love to see get a release is Mausoleum. Uh, it's a really cheesy film from like 80, fuck, I don't know, 87 or something like that. Um, really good one. I'd like to see that one get released too. I, you know, honestly, I would love to see a really good release of Funeral Home. If you guys ever yeah, seen, yeah, yeah, I've seen that on VHS. Yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of like Psycho a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. It's an interesting film. Yeah, and it's I'd not like too to bad. See, I like to see it get an actual release. Yeah, know? it has like a shitty <clears throat> VHS transfer release. And the one that always kind of fucking uh this movie I don't even have a copy of. I I used to have this VHS tape. I wish I still had it because fuck the DVDs is so out of print and stuff. But Rawhead Rex. Oh yeah, I'd love to see Screen Factory release that. That'd be so sick. I think that's a one that I've seen other people uh, ask for in the past, like on Screen Factory's Facebook and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, probably, man. Probably. Seems like a highly requested title. Uh, I would like to see a Prom Night box set with uh, oh, the yeah. uncut versions. That would be fucking cool, man. Yeah, with part three, my favorite one. Yeah. Well, I just want to see the films, but the Canadian edition is like impossible to find that has the films uncut. Yeah, I'm lucky that I have those because, man, I tell you, those cut versions that are that are floating around on those double packs and shit are fucking shitty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they actually they're like the TV cuts, right? <laughs> I've never seen those movies. So. Part three is the yeah. It's I've the seen TV the first cut. one, but it literally yeah, has and the first one sucks. But Mood says that the sequels are pretty fun. Yeah, honestly, I like part two and three more than part one. Hmm. So part four is a little weird, but you know, but you know how it goes. It is what it is. It is what it is. 
All right. So what do we got left for questions here? I know we got top five composers. Horror conf- yeah, this one was hard. <laughs> composers. Um, I don't even know five people. I didn't even know about this question until we like started recording. I was like, oh, shit, I need to put a list together here. So I basically came up with five that first five people I could basically think of. Uh, number five was uh, Charles Mann. Um, love his fucking his or is it stuff. is it Richard Mann? And Charles does a lot of music, too. So does Richard. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, actually, Charles Band did the. Didn't Charles Band actually do the theme for Reanimator? I don't know. So who did the theme for Charles Puppet Band. Master? Uh, could probably Charles Band. I don't know. I thought it was his dad. Not sure though. Could be wrong. Um, next up, we got uh, Riz. Uh, I always I can never say this guy's names properly. The, the guy that composed the music for uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, Riz oh, Ors- yeah. Ors- Lannan. That guy's awesome, man. Yeah, great, yeah. great composer. Uh, Fabio Frizzi, of course, uh, Italian, um, known for doing zombie and stuff. He's done a lot of really cool, uh, music pieces. Uh, number two, John Carpenter. Hell of course, yeah. He's, he's yeah. done a lot of really good compositions and stuff. We all know his work. And number one, Claudio Simonetti or Goblin in general, of course, yeah, from goblin. tons of fucking Italian yeah. scores that are just amazing. They totally make some of the movies. Um, yep. But yeah, Claudio Simonetti, amazing. Yeah, my list is exactly the same as yours. That's kind of weird. <laughs> like all five? Yeah, all five. Oh, bullshit. You told me before the show started that you couldn't think of five. <laughs> you fucking <laughs> asshole. You throw me like, under the bus to like, look you, like an asshole. You had fucking Riz on there? Oh, man. I did, I did. You it's crazy, liar. right? liar. Throw me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Jeremy, what's what's your five? You know, oh. me and Moods like obviously know a lot about music, so we all we had five good ones. What's yours? <laughs> You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> He's like, oddly enough, I had the same five. <laughs> I got Rick Wakeman who did the score for the burning. Of course, he's also the yes, you know, the most famous synthesis player for yes. And uh, the score for the burning is fucking awesome. Yeah, I have John Carpenter also, and I have Goblin. I don't no have Harry the... Manfredini up in here, huh? No, because I didn't fucking copy him like you did, JP. <laughs> fucking throw me <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, I think that that's about it for the qu- note. We have one more. Uh, John Matrix asks us. What about doing some reviews of old school horror anime? <laughs> Movies like Vampire Hunter D and or Devil Man. And my answer to that is I mean maybe. I don't know. I don't why I've never really got into anime, so but I'm open to anything, you know, I'll watch anything. But I mean like I've just I've, never I have never it, so Yeah, I've never really been into anime maybe myself we'll either. Do it, dude. Maybe we'll do a featured review of Vampire Hunter D. Like, I have honestly seen, I think, Ninja Scroll, and I think that's pretty much the extent of my anime. I love Dragon Ball Z. I watch all all of the seasons of Dragon Ball Z. I love Dragon Ball Z. I don't know, man. Like, I love, like, you know, cartoons and shit, but I don't know. Something about anime, I just... Have you seen Dragon Ball Z? No, it's not that I dislike anime. I just don't know it. Like, I I never just watched it, so... Yeah. I mean, Dragon Ball Z is a legit, like, drama story. It's, like, amazing, dude. Like, mm-hmm. which is pretty good too. Check out Dragon Ball Z one day. You'll like it. Mm. Interesting. Cool. Cool. So that does it for the questions. Yep. Alrighty. So then I guess we'll get into the, uh, the corners report of weird stats and morbid facts. 
Yeah, with your boy M O D Z. All right, so um, I basically just grabbed a issue of Rue Morgue, and it happened to be the one with Wolf Cop on the cover. Pretty fucking awesome. Uh, from June of 2014, so just a few months old. Uh, yeah, and we're just going to read the first one here. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, okay, a 39-year-old Utah woman, Utah woman, of course, was arrested after her estranged husband discovered the corpse of an infant hidden in the garbage. Ah, I, I heard about this one. I knew this one. Yeah. Police police later recovered six more dead babies mm-hmm. on the premises also believed to be hers. Okay, Jeez. now the key here is is that she's in Utah and they don't believe in birth control yeah. and stuff. But I mean there's other methods. There's coat hangers, there's lots of stairs oh, in Utah, I bet. Yeah, bud. Seriously. Like how the fuck do you give birth to that many babies and kill well, them all? Let's let's be real Crazy. here. Let's be real here, dude. One, how do you go unnoticed that you're pregnant, right? I mean, that's fucking crazy. <clears throat> Two, I believe the story also involved there was like actual kids too. They had kids. So they wow. like had regular kids and then they had dead baby fetuses in the garage. And nobody noticed <laughs> them in the garage. Like nobody – they were like in boxes, like in totes, right? <laughs> they were in totes in the garage like over in the corner for years she was doing it. And nobody noticed the dead baby fetuses. That's pretty dark, disturbing and quite frankly – A really, <laughs> really good movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean proxy too, right? <laughs> God, totally, man. Like, what a fucking bizarre thing, though. Like, wait seven till we get to hanger, man. man. Oh, Just wait till we get to hanger. Oh God. <laughs> All right, I don't I'm even ar- know. What I'm already here. gagging. I'm already gagging. <laughs> All right, so that is gonna do it for mood swings, and we are gonna move on to the what we watch portion of the show. Uh, who wants to go first? Or what we she- watch for me? Uh, moods, sure. you go first. You never go first. Okay, I can do that. Um, you know what? I'll talk about this one. I was, I didn't really prepare which one I was going to talk about, but, um, so I, the first one I'm going to talk about is from, I came out in 2013 on media 2014, and it is also known as nurse 3d, but <laughs> the copy that I have is called nurse. Did you talk about this one, Jeremy? I wrote a review on the devil's eyes about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so basically the premise behind this film is, fuck okay you got this nurse um and she is basically crazy she's fucking psychotic um (laughs) there's not really a whole lot to it uh she basically becomes friends with like this other nurse and stuff like that oh it's not a fan of this one she's got she's got like some major issues obviously she's got major fucking issues from like you know before in her life and stuff she doesn't like people that cheat and she feels like she kind of needs to do you know other people's like dirty work for them and stuff like that like she does kind of likes to dispose of like people that are being fucking assholes and shit like that so basically she meets up with this girl and then basically kind of like almost blackmails her with those pictures and stuff is that, is that how you'd say it, jeremy she kind yeah. of blackmails her with the with the lesbian pictures and whatnot oh yeah and stuff. So she gets all hugged up with this chick and anyways of course she works in a in a hospital and she's supposed to be like this big you know, awesome nurse and whatnot, but she's really not. She's got major fucking problems and she's basically kind of a serial killer. It's kind of like, you know, the premise of the film. Um, <clears throat> now I didn't mind the premise to this movie. I think that the girl, this Paz de la Herda chick man was fantastic in this movie. 
I mean, you have to you have to give her props, man. What did you think of her, uh, of her performance, Jeremy? Um, really shitty. <laughs> really, <laughs> really shitty. Oh god, I fucking loved her performance. She's man. so thought, bland and boring. No, she was so awesome the way she was pulling off those lines. I loved it. It was just Actually, so fucking perfect. It was I, so perfect. I was forgetting. I, I, you guys reminded me of something. That is the one thing I hear people debate about this film is the performance. Is she doing this like style of like does she know what she's doing or is like she just bad at acting? And um, uh, it's it's not really bad acting. It's maybe the way she's delivering lines and stuff. I think yeah, maybe it's but across. is it part it's of not- the character or is it just bad delivery? type shit. no no the delivery and stuff in the in the way she spits her lines i think is perfect for the character because the character is fucking psychotic man like, yeah she's, I, she's really really crazy so when she comes across as delivering the lines i think it's perfect i loved her but performance, that's the man. debate I, thought she was right? fantastic. I think that's what people are talking about when they talk about this film like some people see it as like i've heard this before now that you mentioned it because jeremy said he thought I, the performance was bad you like it and i've heard other people say that they felt like uh the actress didn't do a good job. Oh man, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, whatever. But but I uh, heard people I, argue on your side too. No, I think it was great. I think she was awesome. There was so many scenes where I was just like, it almost made me laugh so many times. Just the way she kind of delivers that like psychotic lines and stuff. It's very calm and cool, like almost too cool for the you know for the moments and stuff. You know, um, I guess I can kind of see where people are coming from on the you know the angle of her not really performing very well but i think it's completely opposite i think she does a great job um and it does you know it definitely helps that she's fucking absolutely sexy as shit in this movie yeah, too she's, she's good looking very very good looking and she looks different in like scene to scene you know like mm-hmm. you know like she kind of changes her look quite a bit and it's fucking crazy man really i i enjoyed her performance but um now, like the whole premise of the film, I I, I kind of do like. I think it was executed a little poorly at times, with some really shoddy CGI. Oh times. yeah, some of the, the beginning kills were, is so bad. Oh, uh, the the opening kill, like man, I mean, I understand why they did that because it was made for 3D. Yeah. Of course, they have to have some kind of kills and stuff. This is a movie that never should have been nope. done in 3D. That's what because, I said in my review. <laughs> okay, so they never really should have done this in 3D because. You know, it's the type of film it is, and, like, you can just tell that they're really kind of pushing it too much in parts, and it just kind of takes you out of it when you watch it in 2D, obviously. It just yeah. does not work. And and there isn't really a whole lot of even moments in the film where you're like, wow, that would have been really cool in 3D. You know, it's like, fuck, whatever. It's like a part in the beginning in the opening scene, which is really shoddy, and then the end with some scenes, too. Um Basically, that's pretty much all you're gonna get with the three. Well, you I hate assume. 3D to begin with. I do, I do, and this type of film, it just, I don't, it doesn't need to be in 3D, man. But I think it's, I think it's because of her <clears throat> English is not that good that I had a problem with her performance. I don't know. I thought this was a little nitpick of mm-hmm. me. I just thought it was a little bit hard to understand what she was saying at some points and things Did you like watch that. Watch it with subtitles, dude. <laughs> That's interesting because I never noticed the language barrier. I like I know obviously she has an accent because she's I believe she's Spanish or something. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I know obviously noticed that, but I didn't really have a problem with you know the way she was pronouncing words and stuff like that. I never once ever caught myself going what what did she say? Um, which is weird. I love what I said in the review <clears throat> about the opening kill. The kill itself was not a disappointing one, but the fact that it was entirely in CGI made the film start off with a few marks against it. it. Makes me angry that awesome filmmakers like Dustin Mills can create amazing effects on such a little budget, but a film that has a major studio backing has to cop out and use shitty 
computer generated blood just feels like a waste of time. What uh studio put this out? Lionsgate. Lionsgate. Yeah, and that and that's the other thing in this too, man. Like there is practical effects, obviously. Um, but there is scenes where it's like just completely CG and I'm like, why would they do that? Probably you for know, 3D. Well, it's not it's... even for three <clears throat> you know, some of the scenes I don't even think were, you know, gonna be that good for three D and stuff. It's really odd. Like, you know, this you know, basically the big massacre scene in the in the hospital, Jeremy? Yeah. <clears throat> You know, like, you know, shit's flying around and, and stuff like that. And there's, like, practical blood and there's things going on. There's practical gore and stuff. And then all of a sudden there's, like, somebody gets stabbed in the face and it's, like, fucking CG'd. I'm just like, ugh. It just doesn't – it doesn't fit. It kind of takes you out of it a little bit. But, you know, overall, I didn't Green mind. Bowden's pretty good looking too. Yeah, totally. Really, yeah. really good looking. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll put my <clears throat> review in the description or I'll send it to whoever and you can read it. So that was kind of an interesting, you know, the other element to this film that I thought was quite interesting is that, you know, obviously she's a real fucking psycho. It's yeah. kind of like, um, but she's a hypocrite at, in a, you know, kind of also, right? Hmm. Really, her character is very kind of, she's a, pretty much a hypocrite because, you know, she doesn't believe in people cheating and that whole thing and stuff. And they show you the backstory of why she's like this and yeah. stuff. And, and you know. And uh, it's so generic. It, it is very generic. Ugh. but but, you know, of course, this is what she does later in life. She feels like she has to go and, you know, people are cheating. You go fucking kill this guy and stuff. But at the same time, she drugs this girl and, you know, has lesbian sex with her. And she's basically making her cheat on her boyfriend. So I'm kind of going, well, well, crazy people are often hypocrites. Just like exactly. Well, but, I guess know, I did turn on the subtitles, JP. <clears throat> now that I'm reading what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch movies with subtitles. So, so what would you rate it? Yeah, I don't know. Um, if I had to rate this one, I actually, you know, overall, I didn't actually mind this movie. Like I said, the CG was, I, I really could have done without that. I mean, if I had to watch this in 3D, I know I definitely probably wouldn't have cared for this movie as much. Um, but like I said, the performance by her, I really enjoyed. I think it's interesting that Jeremy completely hated it. That's I didn't hate it. I gave it a 6 out of 10. Yeah. Um, I, I'm actually going to give this one seven because it's very generic. There's nothing really new about this film, but I did like her character enough and I liked what was going on and some of the kills. Like <laughs> when she fucking drugs the, uh, um, the psychiatrist mm-hmm. and then backs his vehicle out of the, yeah. out of the alley. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. Man. That was, that was practical. That was good. That was pretty fucking good, man. I was yeah. like, holy fuck, man. That, that just happened. But I like the scene when she kind of like walks, like she gets on her phone. She's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then she pretends to phone the fucking 911, but she's actually phoning about, like, her shoes or something. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I'm going to go pick I thought the up. ending, the ending in the hospital was really good, but then, like, the final sequence was pretty shitty. I yeah. Think, I think it was a cop-out, and they couldn't think of a better way to end the film, so they just did this in this stupid, fast, quick way. Yeah. And it kind of ruined it it's a little kind bit of, more for me. Yeah. It, you know, honestly, I kind of seen that coming, too. Yeah. You know exactly what they did with the character and stuff like that, but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I give it seven because I just I had a lot of fun with it. It's not a great film by any means. You know, I'm not going to say it's it's fucking you know amazing, but there's a lot of things about the movie I did like. Um, I know I have heard people just completely criticize this movie to shit, but I found a lot of good stuff in it, and uh, the girls were fucking hot, man. Yeah, really, really yeah. hot in this though. Got to give it points for that. Um, and Jeremy, his, you said you gave it a six, right? Yep. Six. Uh, What's-his-face is in this movie. Um, 
Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. He's actually yeah. plays one of the doctors in this, and it's got it's got some interesting you know cameos like Catherine Tur- or Kathleen Turner's in this film too. Yeah. She plays like the head nurse and stuff. It's really interesting cast, but um, yeah, <laughs> Judd Nelson. Fuck his uh, his demise. Pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> actually, had me fucking laughing pretty good in that part because that's one of the scenes where she was actually wearing a bra and no bottoms. For yeah. whatever reason, yeah. there was absolutely no reason. We just like got it. You get to see this amazing ass all the fucking time in this movie. Uh huh. It's, it's pretty cool. So, well, you're obviously the target demographic for this film, like this. <laughs> oh, big time! I honestly, it's definitely worth the watch. I mean, definitely good. I thought about picking it up multiple times at Walmart, but I just never committed on it. So, uh, I guess uh, Jeremy, you're next. Sure, yep. I only have two films. One was my body bag review. Uh, I watched The Great Gabbo. I talked about this one on body bags. Like I said, um, this film is interesting. It has a quite an interesting history, like I talked about on body bags, that um, when the film came out in 1929, it was an early sound film. So the technology wasn't up to par like it was like it is today or even you know five or six years later when they actually kind of understood what was going on with the sound technology and things like that so uh that already took away a few points by itself because it was really hard to listen to i don't think it was bad as beneath the mississippi according to what i've heard from (laughs) jp but um uh that already took a few points off because it was pretty much a silent film because like I said, the dialogue was pretty choppy and things like that. Well, considering it's a public domain movie, it's another reason why, because um, there's not that many prints out there that are actually good. The Kino release is, of course, the best release of the film that you're going to find. And like I said, also on the review, the public domain version is 67 minutes long, and the theatrical version is 93 minutes long. So they cut out like 25 minutes in the public domain version, <laughs> which is... Um, unfortunate because I thought some of the footage there needed to be in the film. Um, also some films were all, some of the scenes were also colorized. Um, but though that footage is known to be lost and all we have are the original black and white negatives. So besides that film's basically about this guy who's a ventriloquist. Um, he has this girlfriend who he's a total bitch to. Like I said in the review, if we did the top five douchebags today, he would definitely be on the list. She was a fucking asshole. Um, he has this ventriloquist style that um, we kind of notice right off the bat is moves and talks and do things by himself without uh, the guy talking. Of course, the guy's name's Scott Gabo. So um, we see the style talking and doing things with um, his mouth and things like that without Gabo controlling it and things like that. Um, it's not really a killer doll film, but it has some horror elements for sure with the doll and things like that with it moving. It's more of a drama, but um, I thought it would have been an interesting film to pick that not many people know about or watch because it's a really unknown early early sound film that I really don't hear people talk about. I even told my one of my film professors that I watched it and he looked at me weird because – um, you know, it's it's a strange one. Um, check it out. You can get public domain. You can find it anywhere. I wouldn't be surprised if it's in those fifty movie packs. Uh, but it's it's okay. Uh, five out of ten. Yeah, all of us probably have like four or five copies of that movie sitting around. We don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I always find it interesting with, with these uh 
old ass films that I never even heard of. Yeah. Fuck, I like those old films, man. They're so just, do I. There's something about them that's just it just feels so right. I don't know when you're watching it, you're just like, this is so cool. I feel I like there's a, like there's a certain time of day and a certain temperature and a certain like time of year where those things just like really just have like a lot of atmosphere and kind of like just are, are perfect for certain certain types of days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I guess I'll get to mine. Uh, this is a film that I, I checked back that I didn't talk about because I was wondering why I didn't remember talking about it. And it's Mockingbird from the year 2014. So this film, uh, it was released on DVD just recently. I remember seeing a quote from the director saying he's going to restore faith in the found footage genre with his film. I believe that was from the director. So this was a Walmart exclusive on DVD. So I grabbed it overpriced. Uh, but this film follows uh, three different types of people. The first group or the first is a group and it is a husband and wife. Uh, the second is a kind of shy stay at home a lonely student it's a female and the third is a down on his luck loser who lives with his mom uh bit overweight you know obviously uh not very well kept you know facial hair wise and stuff like that um bit of a mess so all three of these people get a uh knock on their door and they go outside and in a box is a uh camera so that's kind of your found footage thing. And they find out throughout the film that the cameras cannot be turned off. They think they won these cameras in, in like a contest or whatever that, that I believe all three different people had sent away for. Um, and so the, the, it is interesting, right? I mean, because it, it, it makes the characters keep filming because they cannot turn the cameras off. The, they do not turn off. Um, and I thought it was cool how they each got their camera and, and you're from the point of view of the camera the whole time. So it's like looking up at like a, uh, you know, wrapping paper or whatever you're seeing through wrapping paper. Um, and then essentially what happens is they start getting clues like, okay, you have to go here, there and do this. And then you have to do this. And I was like, okay, so it's kind of like one of those saw want to play a game type things mixed with some found footage. I was liking the way it was going. I actually got this feeling a little bit into the film, like, I'm going to love this film. This is going to be one of those sleeper hits that are just, like, awesome. Then it quickly went downhill, and I pretty much did not enjoy the film, except for what really brought it up was that third character, the down-on-his-luck loser, because what the, the, the notes that he gets say is they want him to dress up like a clown and go do shit in the town, like... Uh, you know, get kicked in a ball, stuff like that, just random things. And he is very charismatic. He's very entertaining and he is funny as hell and kind of freaking creepy too. Um, anyway, the film all ends up with these three characters coming together and the ending was one of the worst endings that I have seen in a long time. It absolutely made zero sense. It completely ruined any sort of idea that you have, it just does not make sense. It's impossible for it to end like that. 
So that was awful. But I still <laughs> give it a 6 out of 10 based on the clown. I was really excited for Mockingbird, and it was a really big letdown. I still do think it's above average, but that ending, god damn it, that ending is bad. That fucking sucks. What's up with all these clowns, man? Everyone's doing clowns. <clears throat> yeah. So Mockingbird, uh, I honestly would say don't even pick it up and unless it's going to go out of print because it's one of those <clears throat> Walmart exclusives. Um, but it honestly isn't worth watching. But I, I don't know. Maybe it is because the clown is cool. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, that's my review on Mockingbird. Yeah, it's, that sucks. <laughs> Yeah, there's but, nothing there's there's nothing worse than having a movie, you know, be pretty decent for like 80 minutes and then the end just fucks the whole thing up. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's I got to be the worst feeling in the world, man. You're like, no way. Well, <laughs> another problem through. with the film was that the like the 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 middle character, the lonely college student was boring as hell. And it was supposed to be like the suspense character where she's all by herself and there's people around her like knocking on her windows and stuff. And she's like scared sitting in like a shower with the lights off, like with her camera, like all scared. But it didn't work because she was boring as hell. and Nobody cared about it. The, the other people were cool, but uh, that was definitely a problem. Yeah, man. Uh, fuck. Uh, you know, it's not very often that that actually happens, but you know, you know, a lot of times you can kind of forgive it. You're like, well, okay. You know, the ending is, you know, okay. But if it's like to the point where it's like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Then you just question yourself. You're like, why did I sit through this fucking movie? The thing is, is that it's impossible. The, the ending that happens, I don't mean like impossible as in like, like timeline wise or anything like that. I just mean that what they expect you to believe could never, ever, ever, ever happen in a mil- in a million years. Um, but if it would be possible, it would have been really effective and creepy. But they yeah, yeah. made it too big, and it just didn't make sense that that it would would happen like that. So, yeah, yeah. big disappointment. Hmm. Interesting. Cool stuff. So I guess with um. Uh yeah, pick of the week time. So sure. Uh, let's pick my pick of the week for this week is a 2014 film, of course, and awesomely titled "The Oatmeal Man." <laughs> Dude, the fucking tagline says the ultimate serial killer. <laughs> the fucking best tagline <laughs> ever for this made on, like no money, right? This movie was literally made, I think, for like 150 bucks or something. Um, I think, you know, that's what they say. I, I know that there was a lot of favors done for him and stuff. Like, there's actually, I think you can read into it. I, like on the website, it actually like tells you. It's like actors in it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> but uh, basically, it's about uh, these group of friends and stuff. Um, this one girl needs, she really needs to get to Vegas. And um, so, of course, these people are like, well, you know, fuck it. You know, we got nothing to do this weekend, whatnot. We'll drive you to Vegas, right? They're in California. So they hop in the vehicle. They fucking make, start making their way to, uh, to Las Vegas. And, of course, they break down uh, near this, like, deserted fucking little town area type deal. Um, you know, and 
they run into this fucking creepy ass dude, you know, and he says to them, he's like, well, I can help you. I can fix your truck and stuff like that. So he goes underneath the hood, fixes it up and stuff. They start driving up the road and of course it explodes. <laughs> Not the vehicle doesn't actually literally explode, but it, the engine kind of explodes up, up and it's actually really fucking funny because when it explodes, like oatmeal comes flying out of the hood. <laughs> you got to see it, man. It's fucking funny. So anyways, so now they're like trapped. So they, they make their way into like this abandoned warehouse type deal. It used to be like an oatmeal factory, of course. And the backstory with this, the oatmeal killer is he was an employee there that fell into like this oatmeal vat or whatever. And they never found the body and stuff, of course. Right. So, and of course this guy's just hanging around this area waiting for, you know, these mid twenties kids or whatever to fucking to show up so they can kill him and stuff. Right. But anyways, that's basically what it is. It's, it's, it's about an oatmeal man that's fucking killing all these people one by one. Um, no, the premise sounds completely, absolutely fucking stupid as shit, but it's so much fun, man. All practical effects in this, like the oatmeal man is so fucking nasty looking. It's just like this big ass dude with like runny fucking oatmeal and shit. And, uh, it is what it is, man. It's got like, you know, they start getting killed off one by one. Effects are really well done for like, the basically the budget for this film doesn't seem right yeah you know because it does look like it's a lot it took a lot more effort and money to to do what they did um Mm -hmm. so i i'd like actually like to find out exactly how they did this film but um it's really cool man i like the i like the setting of it it's like kind of in the desert area of course they would have an oatmeal factory like way the fuck out there (laughs) you know it seems completely stupid but uh um, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. One thing about this film that's really funny is the fucking dialogue, man. It's just like so mean at times. <laughs> it's like this guy and this girl, they're, they're like talking about, you know, they're in the vehicle and he's driving. She's in the passenger seat and there's a bunch of other people in the back doing whatever. And they're just bullshitting. And she's like, no, I haven't seen that movie. And he's like, he's like, you better fucking see that movie before I punch you in the head or some shit. Like <laughs> it's like shit like that. It just comes off so funny. You're like watching and you go, what the fuck did he just say? But it's like really mean comments back and forth to each other. That's actually quite comical. But yeah, I don't know, man. The characters are pretty fun in this film. Effects are awesome. It's just a ridiculous, you know, storyline, obviously with oatmeal and stuff. But um, I highly recommend it. I think a lot of people will really enjoy this film. It's, you know, it's low budget, obviously. Um, but it just... And it's kind of done in like a grindhouse type feel, but like not like overly done, you know, mm-hmm. it almost has that, uh, it has that grindhouse look to it, which is kind of fitting for the film. Totally does fit, especially with the setting. And, um, but the way they did their audio, you know, like when you're watching old school grindhouse films and like, you know, they'll be talking and like, or the, the audio track is over, you know, and, and they're fucking mouthing the words and stuff. And it's just like nothing there. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's a dubbing issue. It's just the way they did it. You know, it's kind of weird though, but, uh, um, I don't know. I had a lot of fucking fun with this, man. I honestly, I think even JP would enjoy this film. I was going to ask you that question. No, (laughs) it's, it's not like, it's not like mutantus retarded. It's like, you know, it's, it's the setup is very standard slasher things, right? But your killer's an oatmeal, man. So it's basically what you're going to get, but it's fucking enjoyable, man. Really fun film. I highly recommend this. So, um, I don't know if I, if I had to rate it, I'd probably give it, you know, a good solid seven and a half out of 10. Um, yeah. For all you low budget freaks out there, I, I definitely, definitely, you know, recommend this to you guys. Cause you, you definitely fucking like this one. So what was that rating? 
Seven and a half. Okay. I just didn't want to, I don't want to give too much away about it and stuff, but it's just, fuck man, I had, it had me in stitches so many times in the film just because of the dialogue. Like, it's fucking funny, man. <laughs> it's really uh-huh. good. And actually the, the main, one of the main characters that's acting in the film is actually the writer slash director of it too. Which I found out after, so I thought that was pretty interesting. But fucking the ending is bizarre too. It's like really bizarre. So, but Oatmeal Man, check it out. Jeremy, cool. So my pick of the week uh, is a Belgian French film from the year two thousand nine. That's titled Amir. Um, this film was fucking weird as hell. Um, I know people compare it. To a giallo type influence um i could see that it's definitely not a giallo in my opinion i think only the third part of the film is really giallo but up to that it's really just a it's a strange uh italian influence type of a horror film um this film like martyrs it's very interesting it's it seems like it's broken up into three different well it is broken up into three different sections as we follow the uh i guess you could say sexual development of our main character anna from the time she is young until um we see her from like seven year seven or so for the first i don't know like 20 25 minutes and then we see her as a teenager like 15 to 18 or so for uh like half an hour and then the rest of the film she's a grown-up and um each time uh we see her grow up and become more sexually active as you guess you could say through um visual processes we really don't see the sexual uh progression but um through close-ups and uh editing manipulation and things like that we start to see these themes um this is a really interesting art house type of a film um it plays with the eyes um the typical eye gaze um quite a bit a lot of close-up of eyes that are typical to italian films and things like that and just horror films in general i know um men women chainsaws which is a f- extremely famous um horror book written by uh carol clover has an entire chapter based on um just eyes in horror films and this film definitely would probably uh pique her interest if she saw it today because there's definitely a lot of interesting things going on with it with the eye so like i said it's not really a giallo until you get to the the last half hour of the film which really really picks up uh the uh, giallo uh conventions where we see you know uh man in black and uh the typical you know the typical giallo conventions uh the color scheme throughout the film very italian um very red and blue which is just awesome as I was watching it, you know, it, it just feels like you're watching an Italian horror film. Uh, the setting is pretty sweet. Um, it takes place in this old, old house and, um, and we just basically notice that something's going on in this house, um, with Anna's family. Well, mostly her grandparents and there's some weird monster living in this house. We really don't see it's a monster, but you know, we're, we, through close up of eyes and things like that, we come to realize that, you know, something strange is living in this house, but we never know what it is truly. Even at the end of the film, um, we, we never know what she sees in the beginning of the film. That's not really important. The main purpose is to see the, the development of this, of this girl from time she was young and time that she's, you know, 40 or so. Really, really interesting film. Like I said, um, if you like art house films, 
Um, it's definitely one that you should check out. But if you don't like your typical narrative bullshit boring structure, you probably aren't going to like this one. But um, if you're a fan of film, it's definitely one you should check out. Um, I know the directors uh, just released a, a new film that I heard isn't as good. But um, I'm curious to check it out anyway. So uh, eight and a half out of ten. Check it out. Yeah, what if you're was not it called? Ammer. Uh, Ammer. It's a Belgium film. Yeah, it's yeah. If you're not into art house art house films, definitely stay clear of this one because it's very artsy. Yep. You've it's, seen uh, this moods? Yeah, I own it. It's it's really Olive good. Release. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it, man. I actually had to watch it again after the first time I watched it. I watched it again just because I thought maybe I missed something. Mm-hmm. In it, but uh, no, I, I watched it twice, and it's uh, it's an interesting film. It looks beautiful. Oh yeah, I think they did a really gorgeous. good job with it, man. It's a really really good looking movie. So, yeah, I yeah. actually do like art house films from time to time. Uh, what, what would you rate that, Moods? I would probably give it exactly what about an eight and a half. That's a good rating. So mm, nice. Yeah. All right, so I guess that just leaves me. And I decided to go with a film that, honestly, I completely spaced when Moods talked about this film because I didn't, don't, I still don't remember the conversation. But the film is uh, Pieces of Talent from the year 2014. And this is a film that I saw online because they're trying to get a sequel made and they had the original film uh, streaming for free up on their website so i thought that was pretty cool i decided to check it out and wow i really ended up liking this one uh fucking awesome told yeah i no you didn't (laughs) well i did talk it on i remember when i was given my head you didn't (laughs) well it was funny because when i was given the the uh the the, you know the synopsis to the film jeremy's like this one sounds fucking boring (laughs) i don't need i honestly do not even remember you talking about it at all it's That's so crazy. My, I don't know what's wrong. I hope I'm not like, I, dying or getting brain tumors no, or something. I think it. I think it was like right before the Halloween show, actually. Really, right okay. before then. So, so yeah. Uh, this one we follow a young girl, uh, struggling young actress named Charlotte. Uh, she's trying to get into the uh, acting business, but you know she just can't catch a break. I, I, the film opens with an audition where she. Uh, is good, but not quite what they're looking for. Uh, she works at this crappy little strip club where she's a waitress and she hates it very, very much. One night she sees a bouncer kind of, uh, beaten up on a passerby named David, who she being, you know, goodwilled, uh, goes and helps out this man. Uh, they become sort of friends and she, finds out that he's a filmmaker uh so then we kind of jump around between uh charlotte who is the uh actress or struggling actress uh and david who is the quote-unquote filmmaker um but when we're watching david we quickly find out that he's a little out there um and i found that the scene where we first kind of like like learn this where uh he gets um some guy to come help him, uh, you know, get some shots. And they go out to this, uh, like, dilapidated barn. Uh, and it and it quickly just starts getting weirder and weirder. That scene is awesome. I love that whole, the whole way that scene plays out. 
Uh, but overall, I, I thought that this one was a really kind of about the characters, but I thought that it was just filmed really well, too. There's some great settings in this film um, mm-hmm. and shots. Uh, so I thought that the angle that we're kind of following this this filmmaker who is kind of artsy in himself, uh, but we're kind of also seeing um, the film play out in kind of an artsy way was interesting. Mm-hmm. Was he going to say something? No, no. Just listen. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, the, 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 I think that following these characters mostly separately and then when they come together, um, they just really work well with each other. Uh, and the, the David character especially because he's really on point. Like he just has like the good – the like he's like really has the like great – timing with what he says and it's just you know it seems like perfect like everything that he says and um the uh the the charlotte character is actually like really likable she's like pretty um i thought that that was some good casting there but she's kind of gullible as well um but the uh the uh, murders themselves pretty brutal i gotta be mm-hmm. honest here and uh i think that the the moment because the, the, the one of the characters uh it's the one that i was talking about when they go to pick up some shots uh he starts noticing there's something weird about david and i, I actually laughed out loud on that one uh overall it's just that it, it really is just a um it's kind of simple but at the same time um you're into it you were in there the whole time it is it is it's very much a very simple premise but it's executed so perfectly and I did say that when I was talking about the film about the casting with her and um, David, were fucking both brilliant in that film. Yeah, I David was especially good, and I really didn't talk about that. I mean, this guy looks the part; like he oh, really he, does a great job. Just the way he looks, oh, uh, his totally. charisma is on point. Um, he just kind of has this uh, this slacker but like artsy filmmaker look down. I, I love the scene, actually. I guess it would be the next morning after she basically saved uh, David from that bouncer kicking the shit out of him. Because um, she takes his van, right? And the, he wakes up, obviously, the next morning, I guess I guess it is, right? Yeah. He's been passed out it's all night. Cold. But, yeah, and, like, they just start having this conversation. They just it's real, start like, bonding. somber and weird. I don't know. It, it, it has really... this weird vibe to it. It, it. You just don't see any type of scene like that in a film. Yeah. It's not... a duplication of like any type of scene that you've ever seen before it's something but i love that scene because it really shows what what's her name again charlotte charlotte yeah fucking bad with names it but it really shows a lot about her character in that scene you know like she's this very strong we're not very strong but like you know you know very heart-filled person and stuff and she really wants to help this person but it also shows like how lonely she really is you know, she yeah. lives in this house with her fucking mom who's quite abusive, like kind of verbally abusive. Kind yeah, of, yeah. It's her daughter and stuff. Like her mom's a piece of shit, really. Charlotte's trying to hold this house together and her mom's just being ignorant. But I love this scene because, you know, it's Charlotte and David and it really just show it shows like how vulnerable like she really is. And and she's just really looking for somebody. She has a know, lot of layers because yeah. she's soft. Um, but you could tell that she's a little bit tough too because you, she's probably been through a lot. Um, but she's very good – like she's a very good person, right? 
but yeah. you can tell that that goodness has that kindness has has kind of backfired on her in the past you can tell like that that she's holding that weight with her character even though there's no uh history exactly explained you just get that vibe that that you know she's probably been too kind at times and people people have taken advantage of her throughout time and this is all just from from performance and um you know they never really say that right i mean it's just you kind of get a vibe from her because she's multi-layered she just has a bunch of stuff going on and i this film really is about the characters and Mm -hmm. um man i I actually really like this one this one was really cool um and i've heard nobody talk about it (laughs) it's interesting because for the last few months it's been you know a lot of people brought it up and stuff yeah Um, i mean i've I I think I posted about it a couple times, even in the group page and stuff. And mm-hmm. I heard from other people, and um, but I I just I've been telling everyone check out this movie. Yeah, and there's one a perfect thing opportunity. I really liked about it so. is I like the ending. Yeah, the ending's good. Doesn't it just really fucking you, like you want that you want to see the second half of that movie, man, <laughs> like a like a sequel. Yeah, because what happens is it actually like you think it ends. And then mm-hmm. it, and then there's like some more. And then mm-hmm. I was like, "Whoa!" Like I wasn't expecting that that type of ending. So I was like, "Whoa!" I really yeah, like yeah. that. Um, Man, I fucking love the part in the film where David is at that that film executive's place. He's in his fucking pool, <laughs> dude. Oh my Fuck. god! The, what he's saying, just the way he's acting, and he's just being all fucking. Uh, and that guy is a great so douchebag totally man totally but i love the way david's just acting in the pool and just being all nonchalant about shit there's some definite commentary on 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 actors who like act like they are the greatest thing in the world yeah Um, yeah it's a it's a really good film so what do you rate it i gave it an eight out of ten what did you give it i can't remember uh i actually can't remember i either gave it an eight or eight and a half i can't remember so but yeah it's it's up there it's a really good film and if that link is still available man people check this out if you can stream it but definitely pick up a copy guys free everybody loves free stuff I will buy this film or (laughs) maybe get a copy from moods (laughs) yeah Um, but yeah everyone needs to see this one it's really good I really hope that this you know the sequel gets funded man it got it's not doing too well if that's their only way to make it I know I looked at that I was like holy fuck crazy so, yeah. but that's tough. So, alrighty. So yeah, into quick cuts here. Um, first quick cut here is from 2013. Uh, it's an indie film called Swamphead. Um, it is basically about a killer head. <laughs> so the premise behind this movie is uh, basically these people they they go to the woods camping and whatnot, and they find this like ancient relic. And they kind of resurrect this head. And obviously the head is not a good thing because it starts taking them out one by one. Um, very simple premise to it. It does give you the backstory of where the head came from and whose head it actually belonged to or, you know, who's, who it was and stuff like that, which is actually quite funny when they, when they do the backstory to it. Um, he's like this, he was like this, uh, fucking, he was like a really good swordsman back in the day who actually ended up getting decapitated and whatnot and shit. So, but anyways, wasn't too good. <laughs> yeah. Well, he kind of overdid it a little bit because what had happened was he was like the most feared swordsman in the, you know, at that time and whatnot. And he came back from a battle and his, uh, 
his family had been like raped and and murdered and stuff like that. So he took upon himself to go after these guys, which was not a good idea because he was by himself. And yeah, so it goes down like that. Um, so basically what it is, is, you know, these people are in the bush camping and whatnot. And this head has been resurrected and it's out for blood quite literally. So it's literally a flying head. It flies around like the screaming skull kind of like that and it just attacks people and it but fuck man is this movie ever brilliant man so much fucking fun really really good gore effects like there's a fucking scene in this film where this dude's in this hot tub and he gets attacked by this fucking head and like just tears him literally apart like there's like fucking legs and guts and little doo-doos floating in the hot tub and stuff it's fucking funny dude and some of the dialogue is really good too but it's just the whole premise of this flying head around this swamp kind of bush area it's absolutely fucking hilarious because watching people fight off a head when it's like biting your face it's just it's, it's pretty hysterical but um yeah of course it's low budget but the effects in this done super super awesome they did such a great job with this movie um the acting is you know pretty much what what you're gonna get there's you know i think there's one character in this film that might actually kind of offend people a little bit it's he's supposed to be like a handicapped character but it's like totally over the top and he's constantly shitting all the time like seriously he's like shitting himself and like smearing shit on trees and it's fucking gross man so nasty (laughs) but uh so it might offend people because the, the, the guy that's playing like the, you know, the, the challenge person is kind of overdoing it <laughs> at times but it's, you can't help but fucking yeah. laugh because it's so funny dude some of the and, and like oh fuck, I, I don't want to really give anything away but you guys have to check this out i know you guys will dig this it's pretty fun it's pretty fun um swamp head uh i don't really know what i'm gonna give this one probably i don't know maybe like a seven out of ten or something like that it's pretty it's pretty worth the time but um, I actually picked this up at uh, Wasteland last year, G- uh, Jeremy. Oh, really? Or or this year, I should say. Yeah. Um, no, I'm no, I'm probably you no. Know, thinking back on it, man, I got to give it even higher. I'm going to give this thing like an eight out of ten. It's fucking. It's really fun. It's a really fun film. This movie's actually getting a uh, like a. <laughs> sorry, it's actually getting a wide release right now. By I think Wild Eye releasing is releasing this one right now. So. Yeah, I think they are actually. So it's actually available, you know, for At more Walmart. people. <laughs> for, I, I don't think Walmart will, uh, I don't think they stock wild eye releases, but I don't know, who knows. But anyways, people will be able to get their hands on this now. So Swamp Head, definitely check it out. It's fucking fun as hell. Awesome film. And then next up here for the quick cuts, I watched from 1994, and that is the brand new Screen Factory release of Pumpkinhead 2. Um, it's basically, kind of like the well it's not really it's like actually not <laughs> yeah it's totally not it's you know these fucking teenagers that resurrect um this creature uh kind of by accident but not really by accident they kind of do it purposely but they don't really know but what they're getting themselves really into purposely. <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying like they they think that they're kind of doing a good deed but then it doesn't really go that way uh the the creature comes back to life and then starts taking out people Blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm really, really not a big fan of Pumpkinhead 2 at all. Um, mm. I, I just find this movie to be, it's just so stereotypical and cliched and like just, I don't, I fucking hate every character in this movie. Like yeah, they everybody all suck in this, pretty much. everybody is so annoying. Even the girl, like the main girl character, uh, her father's the uh, sheriff of the town and stuff. I can't even stand her. All of really her friends nice, are shitty. Though. 
it's really, really 90s, but it's just the whole premise of it, like how they resurrect the pumpkin head and stuff. And I mean, I do like the revenge aspect of why pumpkin, like what he's doing. He's going after like the red wings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool stuff. But I, the I continuity's like whack. Oh, the continuity's fucking retarded. Let's not even get into that. But, you know, the overall film, it, I think it's one of Jeff Burr's worst movies, man. To be honest, it just, I get no enjoyment out of this. Like, oh. it took me, it, it took me fucking three times to get through this movie. I just kept getting so that bored. Bad, I I kept getting so bored with this movie. Like, um, I mean, obviously I've seen this movie a couple times before. I have the old DVD and stuff, but I never could dig this movie. I, I think it's just very, very average. There's, it just doesn't do a lot for me. Um, it's just, in my opinion, it's a really awful sequel to like a classic film, you know? And I'm not even trying to compare Pumpkinhead 2 to the first one because it's not really fair. Um, you know, this movie kind of sits by itself. But um, I don't know, man. There's just not a lot going on in this one that I really care for. Characters. I, although I will say Pumpkinhead does look pretty cool in this film. Like he doesn't look as bad as you probably think he might look, you know. Um, but uh, I don't know. I guess Ready? that's one re- one redeemable thing about it. Um, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. So average. See, yeah. um, I'm with you. I I agree that it's not like a good film and stuff, but I, I don't know. Like Pumpkinhead 2 has always kind of been like a guilty pleasure for me. Um, I've always just kind of enjoyed it in its own way. It It's nowhere near as good as the uh, the first film, but I mean, I, I, I guess like doing a Pumpkinhead 1 through 4 show is out of the question then. the the interesting thing you know about this movie is that like you know i really try to disconnect myself and just be like okay i'm just watching this this pumpkin head movie you know i don't even want to think about the first one but i don't know man like what what do you like you say it's a guilty pleasure like what are you taking out of this movie uh you know i like the creepy old witch and stuff like you said i like the slasher aspect of the killing off the red wings linnea Mm -hmm. quickly's boobs yeah, I mean, that's um, good. That's good. You got, uh, I kind of actually like the Dark Knight of the Scarecrow style story that's going on in the backstory of Pumpkinhead. Like, mm-hmm. I actually kind of like that a bit. Even yeah, though the continuity sucks and it doesn't make sense compared to the first one. Um, I, I like that story. Uh, I th- find it kind of like tragic and sad a little bit. I feel like it works on that level at least. Yeah, this movie definitely feels very very 90s it has that total <laughs> 90s fucking feel like even I mean, the, the characters the, right the even, like the main character like the guy with the car like he's got like a bowl haircut man and the guy <laughs> the guy's like friend like the the other guy the friend yeah, uh, yeah. like oh man really 90s shit there oh, but i don't know even like I, the daughter's dad is like the cop and stuff <laughs> like oh, i know yeah, yeah i mean one I one thing know. i will say about the release though uh the the blu-ray transfer is pretty good it does look really good. Um, sounds pretty good. I don't think, yeah, the audio is pretty good in it too. So, but you know, it's probably never going to look better, but you right, know, cool. if, if you like it, pick it up. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to grab it just cause, uh, so my quick cuts, which will actually be quick cuts. Uh, first up, Sorry. we have bait from 2012. This is a bunch of sharks in a convenience store in Australia. Uh, there's <laughs> like, bait kind of cgi'd uh the characters are really really unbelievable uh decision making is also very unbelievable 
this is kind of one of those films where you just take it for what it is because it's still entertaining. Uh, the kills are kind of fun. You know, it's it's really ridiculous. But overall, I actually did really enjoy Beta. Give it a 6 out of 10. Check it out. So my second and last quick cut is The Fear from 1995. This film is very weird. It's very bizarre. It's a giant killer doll that's made out of wood. Uh, so it's like li- like life size, like man size. It's fucking weird. It's a creepy thing. Uh, like who would have it in their home? Anyway, uh, it's got all this like hip hop in it, like songs, like in the soundtrack, which I found like really weird. But it's all this like horrorcore stuff, like Insane Clown Posse and Esham, Not as Grave Diggers, stuff like that, which actually fits really well. Um, overall, I found it to be kind of a fun little weird bizarre that's like getting raped and stuff. There's some weird stuff going on in here. I couldn't quite follow all the characters all the time because they weren't that interesting. Um, but the wooden doll thing, obviously it's a guy in a suit, uh, but the paint job looks really good because it really does look like a, like life-size Pinocchio type thing going on. Uh, have you, any of you even seen this? You know, believe it or not, I've never seen this or the sequel or anything. It's a weird one, dude. It's something that you want to check out because it's just so bizarre. It's like, it's like hidden in the 90s of like mid 90s, 95. Um, and it totally fills 90s. There's this guy, dude, makes the whole entire movie. He got like dreads. He's white. He talks like very slangish and it's, he's like, fucking hilarious almost reminds you like of a poly shore or something um <laughs> so he, he's funny uh overall man five out of ten it's very average but i still recommend all the ends go out there and check it this is a f- average film but it's still a recommend just because it's a bizarre one that you could probably need to check out there's also a sequel to this film that i'll probably check out for next week so uh that's my quick cuts cue all right, so that's going to do it for what we watched in the quick cuts. And yes, moving along into the main main review. And for this week's main review, we are going to be talking about the film from 2001, uh, Gilmero Del Toro's The Devil's Backbone. Oh, shit. Oh, the yeah. PQ on this movie is fucking fantastic. So did we all watch the Criterion Blu-ray? I did Holy watch the cl- Criterion shit. Blu-ray. Okay, yeah. This the, has to be one of the best transfers I've ever seen in my entire collection. Yeah, the transfer's pretty good. Like, oh my it's, god, it's yeah. so good. Uh, I like so that the fantastic. spine number on the Criterion is 666. Yeah. Yeah, they did that purposely. Yeah. Obviously, they saved. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was just a total coincidence? Yeah. <laughs> well, we put out this movie, The Devil's Back. Oh, I mean, they could, have, they could have saved it for Antichrist or whatever. That one would have yeah. hit, right? The Devil's Backbone yeah. makes more sense. Just the name, The Devil's Backbone. Yeah, on the spine, right? The spine. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Pretty yeah. cool. Uh-huh. Uh, GP, you want to give the synopsis? The Devil's Backbone from the year 2001, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, this film follows a character named Carlos, who is 12 years old. Uh, his father has recently died in the Spanish Civil War. He is orphaned. He's left at an orphanage. Uh, he doesn't know that his father is dead. He quickly realizes that it's hard to fit in in this orphanage because there's a bunch of other tough mm-hmm. little orphan kids there. You know, he quickly uh, realizes that he's not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. He does quickly realize that he's not going with his tutor. Um, yeah. so, uh, he finds out that the school's haunted. He's seeing visions of this, uh, ghostly figure, little kid. Yeah. Um, and then he finds out a little bit more, uh, that there's quite a, quite a big douchebag rolling around named Jacinto. Del Toro mm-hmm. uh, loves his douchebags. Yeah, so uh they Is it just me or did, did that guy look like Eli Roth? He did. The yeah, Bear yeah. Jew, right? The Bear Jew Roth? Yeah. Yeah, he does. Um so yeah, he you know the film quickly takes well it doesn't quickly, but you know, later in the film it takes a a, a, a strange turn and then it's kind of a different film than it started off at. And yeah. I don't want to spoil too much, but uh, essentially that Jacinto or whatever his name is, uh, he has a big role in, in a lot of, uh, he's kind of turned into the main villain and, uh, the, the kids kind of have to deal with a problem. I love the old man character, man. So, uh, that's the devil's backbone. The, uh, the old man, he looks like the Dos Equis guy from the commercials. Yeah. Yeah. He totally does. <laughs> Bizarre. I love him. He's such a, a likable character. Yeah, he is cool, man. Yeah, especially when he's like, when he's sitting upstairs and he's looking out that window. The cinematography in that shot is so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right well, before, cin- right before cin- a spoiler happens, it's like it's so good. The the cinematography throughout the whole film is is really well done. Yeah, it looks beautiful. There's so many good shots in this film. It's mm-hmm. great. Yeah, great setting too. Yeah, it just you know, it feels very desolate and kind of. Alone. In the middle of nowhere, yeah. Like, like you know how the kids are actually alone too, but it's like literally in the middle of nowhere. You mm-hmm. just you get that kind of, ugh. I'm just not going anywhere. I can't go anywhere. Yeah, it's an interesting setting. So, yeah, you know what? This film, obviously, this was the very first time I've ever seen this one. Uh, and I gotta be honest, like, I was expecting something completely different. Like, I always had, like, thoughts that this film was, like, like, the orphanage. Oh, no. Um, you know what? The first time I watched this movie, I was expecting something completely different, too. So I yeah, know exactly where you're coming weird. from. weird. I was, like, I was confused. I was, like, isn't this supposed to be, like, a ghostly, like, type of film? Mm-hmm. Not, like, a ghostly, but, you know, a yeah. little more. Well, it, it, it's a it little is, bit. It essentially has a yeah. lot to do with what, you know, what's going on and stuff. But, yeah, I know. There's definitely not that whole ghostly thing going on. I mean, Especially, is, like, the cover's, like, a, a ghostly. It's, like, don't you think it's going to be a ghostly? Yeah, yeah. No. but yeah. I don't mean like a ghostly in like the yeah, dark yeah. Tory way. Like yeah. I just meant like I thought it was gonna be more about like a ghost story. It's mm-hmm. not. This is not a ghost story. No, this is a. It's this a character is piece. Something else with a ghost story tied into it. Yeah. Um. So it's overall, almost like a minor. It's almost like a minor revenge film in a way. You know, like yeah, the kid. It is. Re- the kid really wants you know some revenge. Yeah, I actually thought. I give Guillermo del Toro mad props for uh, making the kids act like kids. God damn, that's so really like, oh, you want to trade me mar- want to trade me marbles for this? Yeah, and that, like sitting that. around yeah. smoking it like twelve. I completely, stuff. completely, hundred percent agree with that. I love the way the kids talk because you know these kids are all from broken homes and stuff. They're probably not going to be the most polite and stuff, but they talk like normal kids. They don't. They yeah. swear. Yeah. They swear. They do they call things each other like- queer. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. You know, they pull knives on each other and and they act like fucking little bastards at times. They but act they're, hard, right? They act, they act like hard, hard asses. I mean, <laughs> like the kids from Hostel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> little fuckers, those things are. <laughs> um, so 
uh, man, I was like really just like kind of taken back by just I wasn't sure like what I was watching for most of it. Is that I was, a like, bad thing or a good thing? Well, it, it's I, it's a neutral thing. It doesn't really affect the film positively or negatively. It was just mm-hmm. something. It was just mm-hmm. like, well, this is like weird. I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. I, I I really like the fact that Del Toro didn't use like you know excessive jump scares and stuff. He used mm-hmm. you know different elements to kind of bring out those moments of scares and stuff. It wasn't necessarily like a huge fucking you know kick drum fucking. Brr, you know? Well, he's not known for doing that in the first place. Exactly, but I like the fact that he didn't you know at all yeah. really use that attempt and stuff like you know the scene where um, Carlos is you know at the beginning of the film when he you know first looks in that window and he sees that you know the ghost there mm-hmm. and stuff and, yeah. it, and it doesn't it doesn't execute it to the point where it's like oh for fuck's sakes here's a very typical it's how a, like a jump scare should be it's not exactly like, jumpy you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's it's a legitimate scare right that's yeah. what it is um now i will say that uh i thought that the uh the i guess the kind of antagonist starting out like other boy i i actually really like that kid Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget his actual name, but it was like kind of like Carlos's rival at first. Yeah, I like how like it all goes around in a complete circle too. Like, yeah, even though they hate each other, they have to like uh, stick together. Yeah, to well, they eventually the respect each other, right? Yeah, and uh, that that I thought that was really cool. <clears throat> Another thing, I gotta give Del Toro props again, man. Not afraid to kill some kids yeah. like that. Like no doubt, right? Yeah, and it's definitely a bit shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see some some of the <laughs> some of the uh, after effects of some. Yeah, the the stuff. ending is 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 not a not a not a calm one. That's um, for sure. I thought that this film one of the strongest points about this film is it's just very unique and original. Just like huh. there's nothing really like it. It kind of has its own little like uh, stories going on, like the bomb in the middle of the town. Yeah. Like that's Mm -hmm. the middle of the orphanage. That's interesting. Like that's something that nobody else would think of. It's just, they kind of copied that in fallout three. It's fine. I know. Right. That's the first thing I thought of megaton and stuff or whatever it was called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I like that's, that's an interesting story idea, you know, setting and stuff. And, uh, you know, there was some cool foreshadowing in the classroom with the woolly mammoth and the spears and stuff like that. Thought it yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. fit in pretty well into the film. Um, and I always kind of wonder, did you guys ever notice that often when we see like foreshadowing like that in uh, horror films that it's often in the classroom? Isn't that weird how that happens? Another example mm. I'm thinking of is like uh, Elm Street has some stuff like that. Uh, it just seems like they're like – like that happens a lot in horror films. It's weird. Yeah, it really I never thought actually. about that. Yeah, um, maybe it has something to do with uh, you know because we're dealing with kids or teenagers and at school, we often don't pay attention to it. But if we did, maybe we'd learn some stuff, right? <laughs> Obviously, <joking. laughs> um, so uh, uh, man, I I don't know. This one is really hard to talk about because it's it's a kind of a slow burn, and once mm-hmm. stuff starts happening, it's spoiler territory, right? Yeah, yeah. and you don't want to spoil you don't want to spoil really, any of Del Toro's films if you haven't. I seen really them, do. So. I really do like the approach, though, like how this film is so elegant feeling. It mm-hmm. is, you know, right? it, it, it's slow. It's very elegant, and it creates this kind of creepy atmosphere. But it doesn't overdo it. You know, the scenes where where Carlos is trying to figure out where all these kind of uh, size, these ghost size, are coming from and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. 
You know something else that I noticed is when like there's a point there's some like a few like vulgar like like uh dialogue in here when with uh from uh a, a certain character kind of our like villain um and I think it helps that uh he is so n- nobody else is is talking like that really like he he drops like some some like you know hardcore words and uh nobody else is talking like that so it like vilifies him even more right yeah yeah totally so i assume you like this film better than the orphanage jp i did absolutely i thought the orphanage was really overrated Mm -hmm. this is probably my third favorite del toro film i mean my second favorite del toro film uh of course between pan's labyrinth and uh the orphanage but it's still well, that, the orphanage wasn't really directed by him, right? Yeah, but yeah, he just presented that film. Yeah. But it, his style is all over it. Though. Oh yeah, you could see his influences for sure. But um, yeah, this film's definitely not as good as Pan's Labyrinth, but that doesn't take away from the fact that it's just a really well done and really um very classy. Classy. It's just, it's just a well done film. movie, right? It's yeah. very visually you know beautiful, very well acted. <laughs> Very well paced, even though it's kind of slow. Uh, it it is so smooth. This film has a real nice smoothness to it that I noticed. It well, just transitions from scene to scene really, really well. That's what I meant about the elegant too. You know, when when like I said with uh, Carlos, you know, trying to find what the fuck's going on with the ghosts and stuff. It's kind of the, the scenes are really slow and long, but it's like it keeps you very interested. You know, you don't, he doesn't have to overdo it with like ridiculous fucking, you know, sound effects and all that other bullshit. Mm-hmm. It creates this perfect atmosphere, but it just, it kind of flows so nice, you know, all those scenes. And, uh, yeah, I really like the color, like the way the colors are it's in the very film too. Orange. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting color schemes too, which really add to like a whole pile of different type scenes and stuff. Um, yeah, I guess we can't really talk about like the last kind of half an hour, 45 minutes of the film, can we? No. No. But I will say that uh, it's not very much of a horror film, if we're being honest here, right? I mean, it's it's not a it's not super horror-ish, but uh, it's definitely a very good movie. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say though, when you fucking uh, when Carlos jumps in there or jumps in the water to save, um, uh, I can't remember the other boy's name there. Fuck, dude, that water is filthy gross, man. <laughs> like, that just grossed me out. I was like, oh, my that's, God. That's actually like, what the water looks like around here. Ugh. It's fucking gaggable, man. Like, jumping in that, was like, it just looked moldy and just old and stale. Ugh, gross. But uh, I don't know. I don't I don't really know what else to say about the film without giving anything it's away. Hard. You know, it's hard. It actually yeah, is hard it is. to talk about. Yeah. I, I mean, I just – I, like I said, I really like the approach to the film. It's just – it's very elegant and it just – it kind of flows got, perfect. Like I said, it's got, a long film too. Yeah, it's, it's a long. long film. It's like 110 minutes pretty much. So, mm-hmm. you know. But you it, know what like, you're getting into though with uh, with Del Toro. I wish you would mm-hmm. do like a straight up like horror film like more. You know what I mean? Like like I really like like his style and I mm-hmm. wish that – Have you seen Pan's Labyrinth? I haven't. Well, you should check that out. But I mean, I, I just think that he's like really unique, you know. Like he definitely has like a, a style to his films, and uh, I would like to see him do some more horror. Check out Pan's Labyrinth. It's a masterpiece, mm. in my opinion. Yeah, 
Have you seen the moods? Yeah, I've, I watched it once. <laughs> you know, to be honest, I watched it one time and I was kind of in and out of it and stuff. So I didn't really care for it a whole lot, but mm-hmm. I haven't, I, I honestly need to watch it. Is that again. a horror film? Remember. Uh, it's more horror than this film. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, but yeah, this one is odd though because, you know, it has this kind of, you know, the first half of the film has this type feel to it and then the second half is like completely, not even second half, I guess, last like 40 minutes or whatever. It's like completely different. Almost feels like two different films, but it totally does make sense. You know, but I don't know the way the kids kind of act and come together. It totally has like that Lord of the Flies feel to it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, just the way they're acting, the way they're like, you know, okay, they're, they're a fucking team now. So, I yeah, don't know. definitely. I but, mean, I think we all agree that, it, that it's a strong film. It has very uh, powerful qualities to it uh you know just very very big in in terms of like uh thick you know it's it it has thickness to it in in all the different areas um i don't know man i I really liked it but can't talk about it really so i mean do you guys have anything else to say about it Mm, not really not really i don't like i said i don't want to get into spoiler territory because You know, it's, it's definitely something just, everybody should see and everybody should grab it on Criterion. Yeah. I mean, I still consider this movie to be a ghost film because, I mean, there's the, you know, the kid, um, what's his name? Carlos? No, not Carlos. The, 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 Satya, Sechi, something like Set, that. Something like that, yeah. I mean, he's prevalent throughout the whole film, so, and plays a part, you know, right to the end, so. Yeah. 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 All right. So, ratings, guys. Uh, I guess I'll go first. I give The Devil's Backbone a 8 out of 10. It's definitely a buy. Uh, I definitely yeah. say when uh, Criterion has their half-off sales or whatever, um, pick it up. You know, uh, I, I I liked it a lot. I mean, it's a, it's a great movie. I also yeah, gave I, it an 8 out of 10. <laughs> Sorry, well, make, make that three of us because I gave it an 8 out of 10 too. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I guess that's it, right? Alrighty, so yeah, that's going to do it for the, I guess, mini main review discussion on The Devil's Backbone. <laughs> uh, I didn't, I, you know, it is tough to talk about that one, so, um, but just go buy out, it. buy it and fucking watch it because yeah. it's, it's a really good film. Mm-hmm. So next week's show, we might have a little bit more to say about the featured review. Yeah, true that. So. What is next week's review? <laughs> uh, hopefully it's the squad. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I get that in, so we'll see. But, uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for this episode of 22 Shots of Moods and Horror, episode 31. Jeremy? All right, so thank you, everybody, for listening to the 31st episode of the 22 shots of moods and horror podcast. It's always, if you want to follow the man moods himself, you could do so at youtube.com slash mood six one six. If you want to follow the man, JP, AKA the man whose Pittsburgh Steelers suck dick. You could follow him at uh-huh. youtube.com slash double shot J. And of course you can follow me, AKA whose football team also sucks dick at youtube.com slash NES ruler 22. <laughs> And as always, you can listen to us on the com. And if you have any questions, you can leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665. And as always, you can email us any questions you have at the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror at gmail.com. It's 22 Shots of Moods, A-N-D, Horror at gmail.com. And you have 
Any questions, you can follow us at on Twitter at 22ShotsPodcast, and you can follow us on Facebook. So that should do it, everybody, for this week's episode of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. I hope everyone has a good week, and we shall talk to you guys again next week. And Epic Corn Dog, no harsh feelings.